are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And here we are on a Saturday night, which, you know, again... Um, none of this matters uh, to you because you're listening to us whenever the hell you feel like it. But for us, we record Friday nights. Now it's a Saturday night. And the reason that matters is because I feel weird. I don't know why. It's like I a just, new I pair of weird. underwear. At first, it's constrictive, but then it, become it becomes a part of you. <laughs> um, no, it's weird. It's It's weird. So... You know, tonight might be complete, complete and utter hogwash, and there's nothing we can do about it because, you know, it it throws off, it just throws everything off. You know, we're 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 so used to doing Friday nights. I mean, we, we had a good reason we didn't record last night. We'll get into that. Um, but I have a feeling over the summer between the both of us, there's going to be either many skipped Friday nights or just skipped weeks altogether. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean the well, let's throw this out. The um last week in July and the first week in August, that is going to be essentially yeah. Yeah. That's going to be two weeks that um I'm not going to be able to record unless we record. We might be able to do the last week in July if we record early in the week. Um, but I am essentially leaving uh, July 28th, which is a Friday, to um, fly out, and I won't be back until the 8th, I think, of August, which is a Tuesday, I think. So, yeah, it's going to be a little bit of time that, that I'm not available, um, which which is actually probably right around the time that you might not be available, too. So uh, m- maybe it works out that we're not gone too much, but as we said when we... Uh, when we brought the show back, we try not to miss weeks, but you know, man, look, dude, if I'm, if I'm going to Europe for two weeks, I'm not trying to scramble and, you know, make sure I record, you know, a week early. It's just, you know, Hey, I mean, look, look, let, let's be fair. Um, we're recording the night before Easter, but <laughs> neither one of us give a damn about that one. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I actually forgot it was Easter. Yeah. Well, you know, um, What's funny is I remember this is probably, oh man, I don't know, 2012, probably, give or take. I actually went to um, that Pagan Fest tour. The one, the one date for the Pagan Fest tour when I saw it in Charlotte, North Carolina, was <laughs> was on Easter. I just thought was awesome. I mean, dude, come on, Easter is a pagan holiday anyway. Um, I'm not being a jerk. I I understand the the Christian part of the that, but I mean everything about it is, you know, pagan. Um, it just happens to be there's a Christian religion part that lays on top of that. I, I get it. I, I'm not criticizing. My point is uh, it was just kind of cool. I remember seeing uh, I remember seeing that. I, I can't remember. I think it might have been Teresa that played that year. I, I don't remember because uh, I saw so many of the pagan fest. But, yeah, I, mean, I forgot it was Easter entirely. Um Man, I, you know, we don't, we we don't talk religion or go down that, but, you know, 
the two of us went to Catholic schools for a long time. And I got to tell you, since I got out of Catholic schools, it's just one of those holidays that I'm with you, man. I go, oh, really? <laughs> is, that to- is that today? You know what? I-, I-, I will tell you what I do celebrate, though. I-, I might not be a big fan of celebrating Easter, but I definitely celebrate one very important thing. I am a hardcore celebrator of ham goes on sale. Every Christmas and Easter, the grocery stores put the big ass hams on sale. Like, damn it, hams like forty cents a pound. Hell yeah, and I buy. Hell yeah, I buy two of them, uh, and I eat ham for like a week. That's all I have, you know. Ham for breakfast, <laughs> ham for lunch, ham for dinner is great. So I I do celebrate ham on sale. That's that's pretty much it. Anyway, if you're someone who celebrated it, hopefully you have a uh, hopefully you had a good weekend. Um, I. Again, we're not, I, I don't, I'm not really, I'm not, I, I'm busting balls because that's what we do, but um, really it's just that, you know, but anyway, I will be, I'm going to be traveling here in two weeks and ah, man, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be busy. The, the nice thing is I'm hoping, I'm hoping when I, when I travel, um, I'll have a lot of downtime with nothing to do, but sit around and listen to music. Though I know me, I get restless sitting in a hotel. So as much as I would like to say I'm either going to get some sleep or just hang out in my hotel and watch a movie or listen to music, I'm probably not. I'm probably just going to go out and, you know, do what you know, I'm probably going to go out and do things at night. That's just what I do. But um, anyway, so we'll see. We'll, we'll see how many episodes, um, you know, we, we, we get through in the near future. Uh, we'll, we'll try to do as many as we can. Just, again, don't be shocked if we miss a couple. But, hey, it, you know, it happens. <laughs> it happens, man. We hey, we're pretty clear about the fact that we don't get paid for the show, and uh, normally I don't complain about that. And I'm really not complaining about it. I don't want to get paid for the show, but realize <laughs> we don't get paid for the show, and because of it, um, that I, I'm I'm willing to only go, you know, I'm I'm not willing to sacrifice uh, all of my san- well, what sanity I have left, I guess is a is the right way to put it. I can be bribed. I, I, you know, I can certainly be bribed, but you know, they're they're with you know. If anybody wants to discuss um, ways that I would consider being bribed, we we can talk about that. But otherwise, <laughs> <laughs> let's put it this way: I'm not talking financially. Um, <laughs> oh man, what can I say? What can I say? There, there, no dudes. Two, <laughs> yeah, no dudes. There are there are two things that I like, and I especially like when they're in my face. Um, and at, at, at least at least a C cup or better. Um, sorry, folks. <laughs> you know, don't be one of those. They're almost a C and you want to look. No, um, I don't. So, uh, but anyway. Your, your you grading know. scale is, is runs the opposite direction. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a is fail. <laughs> when I, when I say on I your grading scale and A is a failure. <laughs> when I say I want to get a look-see, I literally mean it better be at least a C or I ain't looking. That's what I... That's get, what I'm you, saying, man. Hey, you know, I, I, what? I just want to see what? what you got for me. <laughs> what? Whoops. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. The world, uh, the world's a twisted place. What can I say? Um, uh, I better, I better start drinking this, uh, this, this Lemmy here. <laughs> you better actually, drink at least one. Actually, it's a, it's actually more of a giant black tooth grin because it's Seagram's instead of, uh, instead of, uh, Jack. So, um, no, so, well, yeah, yes. I mean, did you? I mean, I know you weren't like 
I don't think you were hitting the sauce that hard last week. I don't. Oh yeah, because I was remember I just got my black tooth grin tattoo, so I was doing black tooth grins. Oh, where was last week when you were hitting the sauce? All right. Yeah, I got okay. I got I got a tattoo. I got a tattoo last Wednesday, and then I got my shoulder tattoo, which has kind of been I've had it since I was nineteen, and it really just kind of needed a tune up. I had that done this past Thursday, and then my my artist currently is working on the concept I have. It's like a Jason Voorhees ish like hockey related tattoo. He said, it's funny. He's a cool dude. I was talking to him. And if you're in Jersey is he's Paul from working class tattoos. Uh, again, I'm not being paid or didn't get any deals no. to say that. I just, you know, always like to point out, you know, you talk about yours a lot too. Right. Well, and he was, which, he was like, yeah, he's funny. like, I'm going to have a lot of fun, like drawing this. This is really cool. So I'm, I'm excited. The, the funny part there is my tattoo artist's name is Andy at another place called Working Class Tattoos. <laughs> well, name name is actually Working Class Art. I mean, probably, oh, well, probably right. for that reason, but... No, I just remember you're like, Working Class Art. I was like, that's funny. My artist works at Working Class Tattoo. Um, so, anyway, just I, I, find, I, I found that coincidental. Um, and I believe they follow each other on Instagram. Which they do, is, yeah. I mean, the, the tattoo shops do. I don't know about yeah, the artists, yeah. but... Well, tattoo, tattoo people are... Um, are usually cool, but you know, I, Hey man, and I'm glad you, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself. Cause I remember telling you, like, I, I don't care how good a tattoo artist is. If they're a dick cheeseburger, I'm not, I don't, I'm not doing it. No, he's a I, cool dude. He, he and I were actually, we, we pretty much when I got my, uh, when I got my shoulder redone, he and I, it was like, you know, a three hour job. It's pretty big. You know, it's, I don't want to say it's big, but it takes up like my entire shoulder and, um, you know, he, you know, when you've had a tattoo for 20 years and you get it like touched up and like kind of there are some things I wanted like fixed on it and changed. And when you get that done, you can't just like fix what's, you know, fix what you want. You actually pretty much have to redo the tattoo over again because otherwise the lines won't match and you're going to have some dark, some light. Um, he and I pretty much spent like three hours talking about Steve Vai. So, like all of like his albums and like his styles he's a guitar player too different style of guitar player like he's not he's not like a death metal like thrash metal dude but uh you know like we're so we just pretty much spent like i said three hours talking about steve Vai and and like uh, all those guitar players and stuff so it was pretty fun it was pretty cool i i always have memories of my i, I mean i've got tattoos from <clears throat> from a lot of people um one you know one of the guys who's done a couple of tattoos on me um, from back in Erie, actually drew the symbol that our old band used to use. Um, like he, like he didn't draw our logo; he drew a symbol that became like our little symbol. I guess is the best way to say it. Uh, he drew that for us, and he's a, the coolest dude ever. Um, and uh, but then there was the there was a guy who did my tattoos before that who's no longer alive. And I just have these fond memories, man, of going down to his shop. And I, I only I think I got three tattoos from the guy, but we would sit there and listen to Monster Magnet, like this. Oh, he like he would just do my tattoo, but we'd end up there hanging out at his shop all day, and we just dude listen to Monster Magnet the whole time. And for some reason, um, I don't know if the guy listened to Monster Magnet every day, but every time I got ink from the guy, we just we had a blast. So for so when I when I think of Monster Magnet, I think of getting tattoos, which I think is just fun. When um, I was getting mine done, he was already listening to Operation Mindcrime. Uh, so, yeah, he's so, my kind of guy. So that was on, and we talked about that album for a while in Queensryche and you know, their their evolution. And then we talked, and then uh, after that, he put on Persistence of Time by Anthrax. So okay. it was completely yeah, it was completely unprompted, too. Like, he put on Persistence of Time, and I'm like, all right, Anthrax. So 
well, yeah, we were I talking mean, about styles, and I, was, I told him, I'm like, you know, I, I we were talking about he he's like more of a, he prefers to play lead and stuff like that, and I was like, see, I'm the exact opposite. I said, I've I've, I've never wanted to be. Michelangelo Badio or or even like Kirk Hammond or anything like I've always wanted to be Scotty and in James Hetfield. I always wanted to be the dude who's sitting there in the back, like you know, people are looking at him like, why? How how do you not have carpal tunnel? You know, like when you're when you're down picking. Like, well, people say that to me all the time, but for a different reason. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, like, uh, you know, by Popeye. That's why four. you got. we have Popeye forearms. I, I told you. No, you no, need, no, you no, need... no. Stop, stop. I have Popeye forearm. Well, that's true. Let, let, that's why I said. Pretend. That's why I said you need to get an anchor tattooed on your forearm. Right. right. Well, like I said, it's it's just the. It's like yes, folks. Um, no, no, no. My my one forearm is not disproportionately larger than the other one. No, no, that's I, not what's going on. I know you don't watch Family Guy, but it's like that episode where Quagmire first finds out about internet porn. Oh, and he I, walks yeah, I out of his house with the five o'clock shadow, and you don't see anything wrong. And then he like lifts his arm to point at something, and his other arm is like built like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. No, I, I have seen. I I didn't see the episode, but I've seen that clip. Probably actually, I think you said it to me like, "Hey, it's you." Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, actually, you know, in, in the world of things that we that that Rex and I talk about, that we all you know we we, we say all the time like we 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 talk about some funny stuff on the show, but our funniest conversations are are off air and some of which don't need to be heard by anybody but so, some of the best conversations we have are anytime rex finds something in the internet and he says to me hey duff this is you i'm like oh god what now <laughs> like like let me guess let me guess <laughs> the He's last one i sent on you his shirt. <laughs> the last one i sent you because <laughs> i was <laughs> it was a guy sitting on a couch with a huge smile on his face and it was like sure sex is great but have you ever farted away a stomach ache <laughs> that was you like know, dude it's you <laughs> you told me that one story about how you were up all night in like agony and then all of a sudden you just like blew the roof off and you were like Ah, uh, I fell asleep. Hey, <laughs> let, let, let's be completely fair. Anybody out there, if you know, then you know that acid reflux is a bitch. And, dude, when you have, like, a string of acid reflux for, like, a few days, it gets worse and worse and worse. But, dude, it, it's kind of like pricking a balloon when all of a sudden you're like, and then you fart for the next, like, 20 minutes. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not being weird. Like, dude, I'm, I'm speaking in a way that there are people listening that know what I'm talking about. Come on, dude. Seriously. You're like, I'm not being weird. Dude, this, this, if a fart joke is the worst we go down a path in terms of a pathway in this episode, we're doing pretty good. Well, we're trying to, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to, you know, grow up a little bit. Raise Um, awareness. Raise awareness. I'm trying to raise awareness on, on acid reflux farting. If, if someone, you know, is impacted by acid reflux farting. See, like, dude, I get I get it so bad where, like, I will get, like, gas bubbles where, like, if they, like they're so backed up, like, literally my, like, my back and my chest will, like, be in physical pain for a couple of days. And then, um, and then, seriously, and then all of a sudden, like, I will spend a good 20 minutes in a straight, solid one. And then I'll spend I'll spend the rest of that day like it's just nonstop. It's it's kind of like I have a month worth of gas backed up, dude. I mean, actually, in fairness, like it's it's miserable up until that point, you know. And then you're like, oh, it's kind of like when you really need to get that knuckle to crack, but 
a lot more so than that, you know. <laughs> so yes, yes, I, 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 I've, I've, I've been there, and yes, I've had shirts with mustard stains. Actually, my favorite is back my freshman year of college. I had a, uh, um, I had a whatever you want to call it, a beanie. Uh, our friends down south call it a toboggan, um, a ski cap, a winter hat, whatever you want to call toque it. For those of you in Canada. Um, and I had one that like had a hole in it, and I called it my bum hat. And uh, no, you did not call your bum hat. Everybody else did. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, but I also <laughs> called it my bum hat. I remember. I think it was our old guitar player who was like, "Dude, you look like a bum." <laughs> it's funny because he did not say you look like a homeless. He said you look like a bum. <laughs> like, well, like, <laughs> like, not- like, like someone from the movies who's like, "Hey, man, you got a quarter." <laughs> like, yeah, but let's be fair. Some homeless people are just down on their luck. I didn't look like a guy who was down on his luck. I looked like a bum. Well, yeah, but that's, bum, that's exactly right? what I mean. It, it, we, like, you, like, we weren't saying we look like an actual person. We were like, you look like a guy they dressed up for a movie who asks the star for a quarter and then keeps on going. <laughs> like, 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 like you, you look like the kid in the hobo Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> All you needed was a burnt cork beard. <laughs> right? Which, well, you know. Uh, <laughs> I... <laughs> I look like the. I'm a walking example of the hobo Halloween costume, folks. It's like that uh, Simpsons episode where Homer where Homer's standing there on Halloween, eating a can of beans when he looks all disheveled, and Marge goes, "Homer, don't tell me you're going as a hobo again." And Mar- Mar- and Homer's like, "Going for what?" <laughs> man, I, I mean, oh man, yeah. I I, I got to tell you though, um, sometimes. Sometimes it's just fun, you know. I I I'm a pretty miserable guy most of the time, um, but it's times like that when I wake up and go, you know what? Sometimes I'm glad that I'm not someone who feels the need to care, you know. Like I am, I'm just I'm just glad that I'm not someone who has to worry about it. It's like, dude, did you just fart for twenty minutes? Yes, I did. You know, I mean, no, you know, I'm not one of those people like, um, oh. No, it must have been the dog. I was like, it probably was the dog too, but that was definitely mine. <laughs> like, come on, dude, own up to it, own up to it. You know, it's it, it's fine. It is. If you listen to this show, you should have no problem, dude. I mean, seriously, if you're willing to admit to listening to the heavy metal hangover, you should be able to. You 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 easily clearly admitting to being the one who made the elevator smell bad. It's hardly the worst thing you could admit to this afternoon. It's like it's I, like in the it's like in Liar Liar when he walks out when he walks out of the elevator and everybody has like the stink face on. He turns around and goes, "It was me." <laughs> oh, I've never man. seen it, but that's you um, never saw Liar Liar. No, you I got, can't stand that, Jim Carrey, man. Yeah, you'd I, actually I, like that one. Though, yeah, I think. probably. I mean, I, I I saw Dumb and Dumber like everybody else did. I saw it in the theaters. I mean, it was. That's fine, but Dumb and Dumber. I, I, in fairness, I found him really annoying. Jeff Daniels was hilarious in it. Um, I mean, Jeff Daniels is it was was just great in that movie. Um, but yeah, I always hated Jim Carrey, man. I, I may, maybe now I could go back and watch it and be less annoyed by him. But man, something that like something that guy. I don't know, man. I, I could never make it five minutes through any of his movies. No, that's not true. There's there's one Jim Carrey movie I really love. It's um 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 um. Uh, you ever see "I Love You, Philip Morris"? That movie is awesome. 
I I like a couple of his movies. I I mean, I, aside from his com, I like his early comedies. Um, but I mean, the when he went more dramatic, I think the Truman Show is an awesome movie, and also a movie. And I'm not saying like, oh, you've probably never heard of it, because a lot of people obviously have. But the movie I think that always gets unlook un un overlooked. Sorry, overlooked by him is Eternal Sunshine. Eternal the Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Can't freaking talk tonight. I don't know what the hell's wrong with me. Um. No, I, I love that movie. Like I, I, I'm not. It's not a romantic comedy. It's not even like a comedy. It's actually a very depressing movie. I, I, I'm a sucker for those types of movies. Like, you know, real quick and like the 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 elevator synopsis is this guy and this girl break up and there's a service that can erase all of the traces of the person from your life so you don't even remember who they are. And throughout the entire process, he he like realizes he doesn't want to do it and he's trying to stop it. And uh, it's it's pretty interesting, so it's it's pretty cool. But um, well, and if anyways. you've never seen "I Love You, Philip Morris," you should watch it. It's <laughs> uh, it, it what's well, based off of a true story of a guy who would like faked his own death to 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 get out of to to escape from prison. And but it's it's just it's wacky and crazy. It, it's it's actually it's a really good movie, and it's completely insane. Um, highly recommend it. But I mean, again, though, what I didn't like was I never liked his. 90s style of comedy i never liked and, his ace ventura mask style of comedy i just don't but. and watch this watch this are you ready for this okay are you ready yeah it was because of him that cannibal corpse was an ace ventura see i brought it back to metal without changing no, well, subjects i brought it back to metal it no it it it, it totally was um he was doing interviews like i think there's a famous clip from arsenio yep. hall yep and he he talks about like napalm death and it's, stuff. Yeah, like he, he was really into death metal death. for a long for a while, like early in his career. I don't know if he still is, but for a while he was. They, yeah, there's a famous interview of him talking about napalm death, and I think if I'm not mistaken, don't quote me on this. I actually think it really pissed him off, like napalm death off, because uh, I could be, maybe I'm completely wrong, but I swear it really they didn't like it. Um, well, because he's blatantly making fun of them. Um, not, I don't know if making fun of them is the right way to put it, um, but well, a anyway, yeah, no, yeah. If you've never seen it, he he, but he just does typical Jim Carrey, but he makes it sound like a death metal song. Um, and again, I'm not making fun of either one. While 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 Jim Carrey is not my cup of beer, he um, it, it's 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 very very famous in it. And yeah, absolutely, he got Cannibal Corpse in that movie, um, which. You know, it was a was it's a huge. It's funny, like all those years is like who's Cannibal Corpse or the band in that movie? Oh, um, that is the only scene of that movie I've ever actually seen in its entirety, um, because normally I wouldn't make it through an entire scene from that movie. But uh, clearly, Cannibal Corpse being in it, I, I, it's awesome that they were in it. You know, it was a it. it you know, it lived to be. A very, it's funny though, man, when you think about it, how important that was. Dude, they were in it for like seconds. Like 10, I mean, literally, it's like seconds they're in that movie. And it had a lasting effect on that band. Because that was... They 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 were able to carry that for a long long time. I mean, yeah, sure. Like their success now. I mean, dude, 
half the young people in, in the crowd were, are, are too young to have known about that. But that gave them such a big – it gave them a lot of weight in their in the 90s and in their early days. And, you know, they were smart. They were a smart band, and they capitalized on it. And, you know, hey, and, and we, we've, we've said this forever. Corpse Grinder did an incredible job of um, picking up after that band. I mean, they are clearly a different band. I, I – um, and we, 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 I know we've, we've, we've talked about Cannibal Corpse a lot, but they are a different band with, with Corpse Grinder. They really are. Um, Vile is a bad example because it wasn't written for him, but, well, and actually Vile is way better with Chris Barnes, but again, it's because it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, um, if you ever get a chance, listen to the Created to Kill demo. You can find it almost anywhere. It's on YouTube, I think, even. Um, I think they even released it in the box that they put out a few years ago. Like, they did, they actually officially released it. Um, it's actually so... I mean, first of all, it's, it's not what you would expect of a demo, meaning the song, you know, it's... Yes, it still has the ch before every song, and it's not as polished, but it's it doesn't sound like it was recorded... You know, it doesn't it doesn't sound like an early black metal album where somebody hit record on a Fisher Price tape recorder and everybody pointed their amps at it. You know, it doesn't sound like that. No, it actually sounds no. pretty well done. No, but I mean I I, I love it. I, I actually I, I would man. Well, I mean, dude, some of the music on Vile is incredible. That the the, the mu- I, I do like like Vile is a record that has some amazing writing on it. It was their best playing. The The difference in the musicianship of that band on Vile compared to the records before it, man, it, it was like the entire band went, all right, guys, let's really show how we can play. Because, you know, you, you take a song... um Take a song like Monolith, you know, compared to stuff before, and it's like, wow, this is this is this is serious. This is serious stuff. Um, and the sad part is, like, the writing is great, the musicianship's great. I think Corpse Grinder does a great job on it. I, he really does. His vocals are great on it. It's just the, the album just feels there's a disconnect there, and but it happens, you know. When you know one vocalist in a band can do great things, but the album wasn't the album wasn't written for him. You know, I mean, well, let's let, let, let's let's say this. I mean, in bands across the board, when you get hired to do vocals for something, it's different when it's written for you and when it's not. Corpse Grinder. And Chris Barnes are not the same vocalist, and they never were. Corpse so, Grinder did not show up 
trying to do Chris Barnes. So I, I we've we've kind of talked about this before, and there's other things we do want to talk about. And I, I don't want to cut the conversation short. I just don't want to go down this road again because you know we'll, no, we'll end up sitting here for like two hours into the episode and be like, oh crap, we didn't talk about anything we actually wanted to talk about. No, I agree. I didn't mean to get down that road either. But yeah. So I, I mean, like we, we we've kind of covered that ground before, and we we there was a couple things we actually really wanted to talk about. Um, so why don't we do our picks of the week, and um, and then we'll head into like some of these topics that we find interesting. Uh, I don't mean to cut you off there. I just I I, I want to make sure do. that we don't get go on a tangent. I, that's dude. Like, I'm you watching know, filth. You you one down if, one down. If you want to change the conversation, so I can look at you know yeah. So jugs. So I'll I'll do my pick of the week first. My pick of the week is by a band. I, I listened to their last album. And it was pretty awesome. Their current album just came out. I just got it in on vinyl a few weeks ago. But you know, fortunately for me, I have had a backlog of picks of the week for a couple weeks now. Um, band called Body Farm. And the name of the album is Ultimate Abomination. It's awesome death metal. It's like old schoolish type of stuff. These guys are awesome. Um, you know, it, it's one of those picks of the week where I say, like, listen to it. You're either going to like it or you're going to not. If you're into that style of death metal, you're going to dig it. Um, their last album was really, really awesome. This album is awesome as well. Um, you know, I, I've I've been kind of, you know, I, I listened to this album when I first got it for a while. Um, I've been honestly listening to nothing but Anvil, Crypta, and Revocation for the past, you know, two, three weeks, um, just due to concerts and stuff. So I haven't listened to this album in a couple weeks, but I'm sure I will put it right back on as soon as uh, Tuesday passes when I'm going into the city to see uh, Revocation, Morbid Angel, and Crypta. More on that later. Um, there is something I did want to talk about that was really awesome that happened. Um, but um, let me write that down before I forget. Uh, I don't even know if you're aware of this. Uh, part of it, but I'll, I don't know, maybe. Okay, well, we'll, we'll talk about it. And But anyway, so yeah, Body Farm, Ultimate Abomination. It's like, again, it's old school death metal, but I don't mean like old school, like, I don't know. It's that, you know, that genre where it's like not constant, you know, you know, in technical stuff, it's kind of like more meat and potatoes style with a little bit of a new edge. So Body Farm Ultimate Abomination is my pick of the week. Go ahead and do yours now. So uh, I will admit that um, I now have listened to about half of this record um, and I purchased it on vinyl. I do not have it yet. It will be here tomorrow. Um, but I will admit to you that my pick of the week was chosen before I listened to it. Um, now I've heard about half of it, and I'm confirming the fact that it's my pick of the week. Um, but sometimes, you know, I make a pick, and it's like I, I, I think about it. I listen to it a lot. And then sometimes I'm like, oh, there's a new album by Power Wolf. Well, that'll be my pick. Like, I don't have to think about that. Of course it's going to be my pick. Um, because uh, uh, Power Wolf is awesome. Um, and they do have a new album out, which, um, well, okay, let, let me say this. I had heard the two singles off of it, and I was like, all right, it'll be my pick because I don't – it's Power Wolf. Like, they don't write bad songs. So if you hear one single off it, you're like, yep, this is going to be awesome. Um <clears throat> And so Interludium's the name of their new album. Um, again, it, it just came out this week. I uh, My vinyl will be here tomorrow. Can't wait. The thing about Powerwolf, man, I was, I was mentioning to Rex earlier, 
it's probably because they're German. And and as I've always said, like German metal bands, they're just a different breed and they can write riffs and they like German metal bands are are really they've they've classically been good at two things. Um one is they write really catchy guitar riffs, but they also just write really catchy songs. And it's something I love about German bands. And and really I mean really like think of the German bands across the board, right? Like, look at how many songs like Creator have written, despite being like super heavy, you know, thrash kind of borderline death metal that are really catchy and get stuck in your head. You know, then you have the other side of things when you have like the Scorpions or every song they ever wrote gets stuck in your head. Then you've got your Accept. Again, every song they've ever written gets stuck in your head. Halloween, every song they've ever written. You know, like you have these bands. And then you have something like, and I know you're not a big fan of them, I'm a huge fan of Rammstein. Completely different sound entirely. And any song that Rammstein plays, you get that guitar riff. It's just like, oh my God, this is so catchy. Um, and Power Wolf is another one. They're they're just they're they're great at writing songs that just they're 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 just they're I mean, I hate to just keep saying they're catchy, but they are. And and Power Wolf doesn't sound like anybody. Um they really don't. They they uh, I mean, everyone, you can hear, you know, influences, but Power Wolf does their own thing. They've got their own, they've got their own sound and their own, their own kind of gimmick and their music videos are full of boobs. Like seriously, uh, I mean, you watch a Power Wolf video, you're, you're going to see them like it just, that's what they are. So, so they already get bonus points, you know, in my book, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 uh, while I was waiting to get to start recording tonight, I, I listened to the first um, five tracks of it. It was the first half of the record, like what was pro- what would probably be side A of the record, I would assume. I got to listen to that. It, it's, it's incredible. Uh, but you know, th- there's a song called "No Prayer at Midnight." It's just, it was one of the singles, and it, it, it. Yeah, again, I, I, I heard it, and I'm like, wow. And you know. Power Wolf, and, and actually, it's funny, because I mentioned Cannibal Corpse, I'll, I'll circle this into Power Wolf. We we frequently talk about, you know, your your bands who just, well, yep, it's a Cannibal Corpse record. Yep. You know, we say that all the time. We're like, there's some bands, you're like, hey, what do you think about the new record by them? Yep, it's another record by them. Power Wolf is interesting to me, because I feel that way about Power Wolf from the perspective of... This record is exactly what you think it is. It's exactly what you think it is. But there's something about that band that seems to not feel like they're just repeating themselves. It, 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 I mean, really, like, d- despite how many of their songs sound very similar and their records are very similar, and they, 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 they definitely do their own thing and they do it all the time, there's just something... There's something exciting about their music. I don't know what it is. Um, and so I'm, I'm super, uh, I, I, am super happy that they put this out. I cannot wait to listen to the rest of it. Um, I, I'm just looking forward to it and it's going to be, um, it's going to be fun on vinyl. Can't wait. Uh, actually I'll probably listen to it tomorrow, uh, because I, I, okay. So, so off the metal, but I'll loop this back around. Cause again, I'm going to be, I'm going to listen to a bunch of music tomorrow for sure. So, the the game Hogwarts Legacy. If you if you know me, you know that I'm a humongous Harry Potter fan, and 
saw every movie in theaters, you know, started doing the midnight releases for the books. I actually have a picture of the two of us at the at the midnight release of book five. You you weren't there to buy the book. I I did. Yeah, um, I totally just went for the I totally, no, yeah, just, totally went just went because I wanted to leave the house at midnight. <laughs> and another friend of ours was like, Yeah, I'll buy some it was at a Barnes and Noble. It was like, Yeah, I'll buy some other stuff. Oh great. Um so anyway, Hogwarts Legacy, I pre-ordered it a long time ago, and the release tape get, kept getting pushed back, and the game came out for the game came out in February, but I had a I had a PlayStation Four, and it just keeps getting pushed back and pushed back, and it's still not out yet. And the 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 the, the date got pushed back again, but the PS Five version came out in February, and I'm just you know what I woke up today and I was like you know what to hell with it I am sick and damn tired of not being able to play Hogwarts Legacy because it keeps getting pushed back. So I went and damn bought a PS5 today just so I, well, I mean, I, I wanted to upgrade to a PS5 anyway, um, but I, I probably wasn't going to do it because I didn't necessarily have a specific reason to. Um, but yeah, I was like, damn it, I'm, I'm, I'm sick and tired. Of, I just, I was done. I'm done waiting on on uh, Hogwarts Legacy to come out for PS4. So went out and got it today. And I uh, got the, the the God of War Ragnarok, which is, dude. Speaking of speaking of metal, I mean, there's a song, there's a there's a game that is just totally meant for listening to metal too. I mean, seriously, like watch thirty seconds of that game, and you're like, yep, I could listen to a Modern Marth playing this one. Um, so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be doing some serious uh, PlayStation Five gaming tomorrow, and um, we'll we'll guarantee you listen to. Uh, listen to a bunch of metal. I mean, it depends. Kind of depends on what kind of game I'm playing. If it's a kind of game where I really need the sound and I really need the dialogue, it's one thing. But there are plenty of games that I play that I'm like, dude, I I have music playing, um, you know, in my in my stereo or in my earbuds or whatever while I'm playing. So anyway, long story short, gonna get some playing tomorrow. Um, can't wait. Yeah, man. And oh, and I finally, by the way, as an update again. Um, slightly off topic, but I thought I would point this out. I told you, I said last week that I've been kind of in like in a book slump. You know, I was like, oh man, I couldn't find something. Well, I did. I found something and, um, I'm a little bit into it and I'm, you know, I'm far enough into the book where I'm starting to go, okay, this is pretty cool. Uh, so that's cool too. So my, the other half of my listening habit this week, uh, is going to be listening to, um, the, the book Hyperion, the, the first book of the Hyperion series by Dan Simmons. And uh, I'm guaranteeing people who listen to the show, there's people who've, you know, who've read it. I mean, it's it's very famous sci-fi. Uh, so that's the other half of what I was listening to today. In fact, when I was, uh, when I went, I drove a couple hours to uh, away to go to the store that had the PS5s in stock. And uh, that's what I was listening to. So anyway, again, I know it's not my pick and I know it's not metal, but that's been the other half of my listening habits the last week. Either way, it's pretty awesome. And yeah, so moving on, I know we've got some things that uh, that you want to talk about, especially starting with something uh, that you did yesterday. So I'll let you. I'll let you segue yeah, so, or, or bring this into however you want. So uh, yeah, last night I went to Garwood, New Jersey, and saw Anvil, um, and it was an awesome show. Uh, I have to say. Um, it was, you know, like a nice little bar club. They played with the band named Midnight Hellion, uh, who was pretty cool. Um, way more your thing than mine, but they did a great show. They were, they were pretty cool and fun to watch. 
Um, but Anvil really, you know, the, the thing I have to say about Anvil, and I, I got to, luckily I got to meet Lips and I got to, uh, uh, I said to him, I told him, I was like, hey, next time you're in Jersey, just see so her wear. I said, uh, I'm a hockey goalie, so if you could play Blood on the Ice for me, that'd be awesome. And he laughed and I took a picture with him and, um, you know, Rob, Rob was cool. I took a picture with Rob Reiner and, uh, yeah, it, it was overall a really great show. Um, I, uh, I really am happy I made it out to see them. Um, I gotta say that there's something about Anvil. I really have to say that, that I don't want to say it's different than a lot of bands, but you know, from a band in at their status. And when I say their status, you know, these guys just played to a bar. They've been around since what? 19. They've been around since the seventies. Right. And yeah, super late seventies. I would, I would, I would. Yeah, I mean, well, they formed in '73, but I mean, like he started playing with Rob in '73, and then you know they were Lips, and then Anvil. They changed their name to Anvil right before their first album. I think came out in '83, but they were a band long before that. You know, um, is it '81 or '83? I can't. Metal on Metal's '82, so they had a record before that. It was '81. It was '81, maybe then. All right, yeah, because Metal on Metal's their second album. It's probably eighty one. Out either way, either way. Metal on metal. They were around long before their that. first album's eighty one. Yeah, but so, point being, they've been around. They were around right, so, before their peers were. I'll put it that way. Yeah, they were around before Metallica. They were around before all those thrash bands came out. Um, anyways, my whole point in saying that is, and if you ever seen, I, mean, I would the, say they the were documentary. They were. I was gonna say really quick is they were not new wave of British heavy metal. But they were coming out kind of sort of in that wave. They're from Canada. They're they're not they're not new Wabam, that's not what I mean. They more, you know, that the late seventies, early eighties, they were in that. I mean, and dude, like in, in that in that's why Lars even said, like, dude, everybody wanted to be Anvil in those days. So my point my point in saying this is like I will, and and if you've ever seen the documentary, you know that Anvil has never been a band. They, they, they made some bad decisions. They they had some opportunity. They got screwed in a lot of opportunities. You know, so they never made it as far as their peers, and they have always they have been like this. I don't know if you want to call them the the most successful or one of the most successful bar bands or one of the least successful, you know, big bands, whatever you want to call them. But the real life spinal tap. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's yeah, that's what people call them is the real life spinal tap. But you know, I, I will say this. I in my life and I, I am being hundred percent sincere when I say this. You know, you could I, I was standing literally, you know, a foot away from lips. And as he's like, you know, talking to the crowd and stuff, you could see it in his eyes. I don't think I have ever seen someone who has been up on stage playing to a small, whether you're playing to a stadium or a small room of people, who has had, like, the sheer look of absolute, like, fun and joy and just, like, completely happy. And, and I don't mean happy, like, you know, like, ha-ha, I'm up on stage. You know, not, not ego, but just genuinely, like, I would rather, I would not want to be anywhere else right now. And you know that the guy's not, you know, he probably got paid, like, you know, enough to, like, put gas in the car and maybe buy dinner that night. You know, he's not he's not walking out of there, like, counting his millions. So, it, it, you know, you can honestly see that 
on his, you know, in his words, on his face, that, you know, the guy just loves to go out there and perform. And after the show, he literally walked into the crowd and finished the set in the crowd. Like, he, he played his guitar. I posted a couple pictures on our Instagram. He plays guitar in the middle of the crowd. And afterwards, he stayed. He talked to everybody. He took pictures with everybody. And he never stopped smiling. At no point was he ever like, all right, guys, I got to go. You know, blah, blah, blah. He literally just stood there and talked to every single person, took every single picture. And you might say, well, yeah, but he's not like he doesn't have anywhere to be. And it's not like he's not like he's getting mobbed by a whole stadium of people, blah, blah, blah. Dude, I've seen bands play similar clubs, and as soon as they say goodnight, they run to the back room. Like, I got to get the hell out of here. Somebody else clean up my stuff. You know, whatever. And, and by the way, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. You know, a lot of these bands got to load up their van and drive to the next town, and they got to show the next day. So I'm not criticizing that. I'm not saying there's something wrong with guys who are like, I got to get my stuff in the van, and we got to go. I got to eat dinner. I got to figure out a place to shower. You know, like, I'm not criticizing that. But... I have, honest to God, I don't know if I have ever in my life seen somebody who had a more sincere, just absolute smile on his face the entire time he was playing. Um, and and nice dude, like I said, shook everybody's hand. Um, you know, took every picture, and like I said, I I don't think he could have stopped smiling if he wanted to. So, you know, I don't know. It, it's just it made it made them even more endearing to me. That there is that that level of sincerity that that they really and you know I, I mean I can't and the, the bass player the whole time his name is Chris Robertson he's been with them for about ten years now he on the same thing like he was having a blast the whole set like smiling like him and Lips were interacting you know Rob was back there doing his thing and it's just like I I don't know if you know so many bar bands I think it's so road weary. And again, you know, they, they talk, you know, Lips all the time talks, but he goes back, he has a day job. It's not like he's, like I said, it's not like he's counting his millions. He even did a little speech and there's a song on the new album and I'd have to, uh, I'd have to look at the album. I'm not, I mean, you listen to it more than I have, but, um, he even said, he's like, you know, success is not about money. Success is about doing what you want to do. And I would rather be nowhere else than right here, right now. He's like, my brother has more money than anybody and he's miserable. He goes, I would rather be right here, right now doing this than anywhere else. And and it's funny because, you know, a lot of people are like, Cleveland, let me tell you, I love coming back to Cleveland. And, you know, that's just something you say. You know, with him, I honestly believed it. Now, either he is that good of an actor or he genuinely means it. And honestly, seeing as that he is Canadian and he is the most Canadian of Canadians I have ever met, um, you know, just just from the way he talks and how cool, how you know nice of a dude he is and everything. And I don't know if there's anybody who ever says a bad thing about the guy. Um, you know, even in interviews and stuff, everybody's like, "Oh, Lips is a great dude," you know, whatever. And so I was just gonna say, like, you know, overall, they put on a fun show. They are up on stage working their butts off. They don't they don't give you a we're playing a bar type of show. I, I really believe that if I was standing at a stadium or in that club last night, that he would have performed the show the exact same way. So if you ever get a chance to go see Anvil, go see them. I don't care if you know Metal on Metal and that's the only song you know. It doesn't matter. Like, you know, it, it's just a group of dudes who get up there and you can tell they enjoy what they do playing awesome music. 
So if you ever, if Anvil ever rolls near your town and you can get there, trust me, it's worth the price of admission just for the experience. You know, I, um, and, and I don't mean to, you know, to change this to somebody else, but I look, I know I overly obsess over this band, but what, what you're, what you just got done saying about Anvil in almost everything you just said is the way that I feel when I see the band King's X in concert. And, and actually, there's a lot of similarities between the two. King's X never made it. They never did. They <laughs> both run Metal Blade. <laughs> yeah, well, they... they. Um, I mean, King's X wasn't on Metal Blade until later. They started on... Uh, Neither was Anvil. No, I know. They started on, um, on Megaforce. What was funny is no one would sign them and... But Megaforce was like, you know what? Actually, yeah, you know, they weren't metal, but they got signed to a metal label. But, you know, it was the same thing. Like when I said King's X, like everyone, they sign every autograph. They're super nice. They're, 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 they're smiling the whole time they're on stage. You know, the absolute joy. If, you've, if you watch anything that Doug Pinnock does and the absolute joy in just the world and Doug Pinnock is 73, by the way. He was born in 1950. The absolute joy that that guy has on stage. And, the whole, and well, you know, um, similarly, they're a three-piece, you know, a power trio. And um, they're, just, they're just overjoyed to be there. And I got to tell you, man, and, and by the way, I'm a big Anvil fan, Um I I've, I've I mean I've, I've always liked Anvil. They're I don't know they're just one of those bands. They're just look. Are they a little cheesy? Okay, folks. Actually, can I? Okay, I I want to talk about bands having fun, but it, it, it roped into that. I'm gonna throw this out. Is metal kind of? Isn't there a level of cheese? that's involved in metal anyway. I mean, for the most part, can you not look at most metal bands and say that there's a mild level of that's a little cheesy? You know what I'm saying? Like, first of all, I listen to Man of War. I, I, I can clearly not say, like if you were to listen to, uh, to Anvil, like, ah, oh, they're a little cheesy. It's like, well, dude, metalheads. Scroll down through your throw scroll down through your playlists. Dude, come on. If you look at any of them, like you could look at any, I mean, think about it. It's like you see a you see a black metal band, you know, in corpse paint and spikes in a small club in front of 20 people. It's like man, all of that for 20 people. I mean, it, it's it's it may so maybe a lot of what metal does is I don't know, cheesy, silly? I don't know. But I completely agree with you that An Anvil is, I think you said endearing. Did you say endearing? I, I totally agree. And, and again, that's how I feel about King's X. They're endearing. They're, they're, there's that something special about them. And, An you know, I'll say this about Anvil, though. A um, couple things, too. Lips and Rob, you can tell, have been playing together for a million years because those dudes are super tight. Super tight. Well, actually, Rob is a. Then you saw him play. Rob is an incredible drummer. Yeah, he did a drum solo halfway through the set. He's an incredible drummer. 
And let me explain to you what I mean. He's a meat and potatoes drummer from the perspective of the dude plays in the pocket. But he, man, the, the, the guy, the guy's drum, the guy's drumming is not boring. And it's just, it's just right on the money the whole time, man. And Lips, you know, Lips is no guitar technician, but dude, the guy's got, I mean, like we said, the guy's got chops, you know? And he said, I, dude, I think, I think Lips sounds awesome. Dude. I love the guy's guitar tone. I think he just sounds awesome. And because, dude, and, and, you know, let me also say this. There's something to be said about a heavy metal band with no BS at all. There's no, there, there's just, there, there's no BS. They're, 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 they're Anvil. They are who they are. They don't try to pretend they're anything else. And, and dude, really, if you, I, I would dare anybody listening to this show to go back and listen to Metal on Metal, right? Okay, that's their their known one. Go back and listen to Metal on Metal. And then listen to like, you know, I know you love it. Listen to like Plugged In Permanent. Or absolutely no alternative. Still going strong. That one's always funny to me. Um, Just pick a record and tell me. Look, I, I agree that sometimes their production wasn't good and blah, blah, blah. I get it. But I think I think Anvil has put out solid music pretty much across the board. I do. Well, and the thing is, like, they Because it's honest. I mean, they, that's what I'm saying. They're they they're honest. Like they they've they've never they've never kind of walked away from who they were. Like they never tried to put out a radio album. They never tried to put out even, even in the, no alternative. <laughs> yeah, I mean, even in the 90s, like, you know, they never tried to like, ooh, you know, maybe we should sound more like that, well, or maybe we dude, should say more like that. And Think of, they, think of it's 96, they, and you put out a record called Plugged In Permanent, which was yeah, and, clearly a direct, a direct, you know, F you to MTV Unplugged. Yeah, I mean, and they, they generally, I don't know, like they, even in the documentary, like they've always done what they wanted to do, and... They they are fully aware that they are not doing. They're not. They're they're fully aware that what they're doing may not be in their financial best interests. Um, but it's it's honest, and I you know at this point in their career, I think they finally accepted the fact that you know this is probably as you know the movie was probably as ever as big as they're ever going to get because after the movie they ended up open for ACDC. They they opened up for a, a few bigger bands. They played Vakken. You know, like they 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 that was probably oh, that was, as that big movie as was they the best will. thing to ever happen to that band. Yeah, and, and but I'm saying like that was probably their high water. I mean, early on in their career, they were huge. Like they were they were playing after Metallica, like in the early '80s and stuff like that. Like they were a huge band, like up until like their first few albums. But from uh from I, from what I read, they got really screwed because. They were on Attic Records, and I guess their manager convinced them to to convince them to you know lose their contract with Attic because he's like I'll get you on a major label, and then he just literally dropped them. Like he was like, yeah, I'll get you on a major label. He tried for a little while and then stopped returning their calls, and then you know, <laughs> by that point the train had left the station. You know what I mean? Like there was there was a dozen bands that were just like them or and better. And when I say better, I don't necessarily mean musically better, but you know, 
you had guys like, you know, Anthrax and Megadeth and Metallica and Testament. Like, they were coming out of the woodwork at that point. And yes, I know Anvil is not thrash, but, they, you know, they're kind of like a band. I, I want to put them, I would compare them not musically, but I would compare them kind of to Armored Saint in that it's not that they can't play with other bands. It's, it's hard to categorize them because they don't fit into a clean category. Like yeah, you could call them heavy metal, but you know, you think of bands like Dio and you think of bands like uh, you know, like Iron Maiden and can I, they don't can I quite add, like, fit metal, in with them. I would add Metal Church right there with them. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like bands like Armored Saint and Metal Church and Anvil you know, yeah, they're heavy metal, but when you think of like, you know, what's well, I mean, now that's referred to as like kind of classic metal. It's yeah, I guess they kind of fit in there. You know, it's it's like it's like you know, John Bush always said he was we were too heavy for the glam guys and not heavy enough for the thrash guys. So we were kind of like in this limbo where we could, in theory, play with either one, but you know, they didn't. You know, so that, that's how I kind of view Anvil. Like they had. They they had songs like "Stop Me" that sounded more like an Ace Frehley. Like it it sounded like, like "Stop Me" could have literally been on an Ace Frehley album, one of his solo albums, like uh, his early ones. Wouldn't have even bad an eye. But then you got songs like "Metal and Metal," which are more heavy, and they've got songs like uh, "March of the Crabs," which are really is actually a really thrashy song. And I'm that's just just on the album "Metal on a uh, Metal on Metal." So like they were kind of all over the map. So it's kind of hard to really cleanly categorize them, um, you know. But but that's what I'm that's what I'm trying to say is because of that it was kind of you know by the time they left their label and you know their their manager had dropped them you know you lose two years in the eighties and you're you're done like you're done like that's it like nobody's coming back for you you know what I mean so that was a big mistake and then. You know, and sticking to their guns to all their credit, you know, you're, you know, you're, you're trying to get your feet under you again in the eighties. And then probably right around the time when you get your feet under you and you get onto another, you know, you get on metal blade and everything else, you hit the nineties and things are closing up shop, you know, like, like metal bands are just falling out of fashion. So like I, they're, they're one of those bands where every single thing that could have happened to them to screw up timing happened to them. And it's just unfortunate because they seem like a really cool bunch of dudes. Um, well, you know, let, let me actually. I, I want to to piggyback off of that. I just had a conversation the other day, and again, I'm, I I was talking about King's X. Um, I'm, I'll make this about Anvil, but I, I was talking about King's X um, during this conversation. But again, I, there's a lot of parallel for sure. Um, different scene, different era, but you know, hey, King's X had been around for. Their first record came out in 88, and they'd have been around for a decade before that. Um, anyway, you know, I was saying how King's X's biggest problem was they didn't fit into a category. They weren't – they didn't sound like anybody. What genre were they? Yes. They were everything. They were they, – they, I don't know. They weren't metal. They weren't alternative. Alternative It wasn't – they didn't exist yet. They were – I don't know what they were. They were just – they were just King's X. And Anvil's the same way. I don't know. Anvil's just Anvil. And a friend of mine said to me, you know, we're having this mess this conversation over over Messenger. But a friend of mine was like, Yeah, but isn't that like isn't that the point? Like you're unique. Isn't that a good thing? I said, you would think so. I mean, yes. Yes. From a fan perspective, 
the fact that King's X is their own thing, the fact that Armored Saint is its own thing, the fact that Anvil is its own thing, from a fan perspective, meaning if you were a fan of Anvil, you want them that way. You love the fact that Anvil has their their thing, and that's no one really sounds like them. Well, I mean, I guess if you're going to copy someone, you should copy one who makes money. But but you know what I mean is, you would think that's such a good thing. But damn it, it's funny how that can really screw you over. And I mean, we talked about this in the past, though. When when it like fitting into genres, it's really weird how that works. Because it's very, very hard, especially, well, certainly now, but it's very, very hard for a band who doesn't fit into a quote-unquote genre or even a sub-genre to really, to really make it. But yet... The bands who make it really big tend to be. It's weird, you know. Um, I think. I think. You know what? Let me let me bring that back. I think the if you are weird enough to where you're on your own planet, then sometimes that tends to work. But if you're unique from the perspective of you just don't fit, you know. Let's be fair. You're that kid in high school who just didn't fit in. You're a cool dude. People might even like you. Hell, most of the people you go to high school might like you, but you don't fit in. So you don't go to the parties. You don't get laid. I'm, not that I'm speaking from experience or anything, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though? Like, it's kind of the same thing. I mean, I, hell, I think of myself in high school. It's like people, people liked us. You know, people did. They liked us. They, certainly by our junior and senior year, you know, it's not that. It, it, it's not that they didn't think we were cool, but we didn't fit into one of the little boxes. Now, again, like Anvil, I was perfectly happy not fitting into one of those little boxes. The difference is I graduated from high school and was able to move on with the rest of my life and be like, yeah, I don't care. It was only a couple of years. You know, Anvil stayed in high school the whole time. I mean, I know I'm kind of going a little far with this analogy, but you get my point. It's just hard when you don't because... Well, and then the other half of the equation, and look, man, I make Metallica fans mad when I say this. I do. But with all the talent that Metallica has, Metallica is successful as they are because they made good business decisions and had good management. The story of every band as to whether or not they are successful or not successful comes down to two things. Almost every situation comes down to two things. Management slash decisions, whatever. I would call decision-making management. Whether it's you managing yourself, but point being, a band's success or failure in almost every example comes out of two things. One is literally management slash business decisions, and the other one is timing. Sometimes it's literally just timing. Sometimes you just showed up at the right time. Nirvana showed up at the right time. Why? Why do I say that? I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not trashing Nirvana. I just mean 
there was a whole scene of bands that, in fairness, were much more likely to make it big than Nirvana was. Mother Love Bone was set to be the big one. You know, heroin took that away. Um, but sometimes it's timing. Sometimes you're in the right place at the right time. That happens. But again, the rest of the time, man, how many bands? I mean, look, we, 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 you, you, we talked, you talked about Anvil. We've talked about Anthrax, how they got screwed so many times. It's, and then you get a band like Metallica. Dude, if you look at Metallica's career and you look at their decision-making... Like, it's very famous when Metallica went on tour, you know, when they did that co-headlining tour with Guns N' Roses and then Faith's War, or, uh, Faith No More was the opening band. Why did Metallica not headline? They co-headlined it with Guns N' Roses. Metallica very fur- purposely played before Guns N' Roses. And, of course, that made Axel happy. Well, Metallica played first because they didn't want to play after Guns N' Roses. Not because they didn't they were afraid to play after them, because they knew they could play, they could do their show, and then if Axel wants to piss the crowd off, they're already done. And it worked out to their advantage numerous times. You know, a- Axel would get, you know, he'd play half a song, get pissed, throw the microphone down and leave. Well, you don't want to play after that cuz then the crowd's mad. It's just time and time again they make good decisions. And, um, I mean, look, Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden is as successful as they are because Rod Smallwood is an amazing and one of the best music managers you'll find. He only manages Iron Maiden. It's the only He was a manager for multiple bands. But pretty much since super early in Iron Maiden's career, that's been his only job. Just worked with Iron Maiden. And look at how big they are. Look at Kiss. Yeah, I get it. Kiss's management comes down to, you know, like Gene and Paul. But, dude, Kiss is not as big as they are because they're all that talented. I'm not – I will never, by the way, say Kiss isn't talented. But it wasn't talent that made Kiss as big as they were. It was just business decisions. That's all it was. And, and, and again, I'm not dumbing it down. and And I'm taking nothing away from Metallica. Clearly, they're incredible. But why was Metallica always ahead of their... Why were they always outselling their peers? Look, we can look at 1986 and you can look at Master of Puppets and maybe you say it was the best heavy metal album of 1986. But if you... I mean, let's let's objectively say this. Line Master of Puppets up with every other record that came out in 1986, all the other metal records, all the other thrash metal albums, whatever. And by the way, there's a gigantic list of records that came out in 1986. Even if you tell me that Master of Puppets was the best one, are you really going to tell me it was five million times better than the other ones? Your answer is probably not going to be. You're like, well, no. I mean, it, it's, it's, it was great, but no, man, there's a lot of stuff. It, it, it's, well, then why did that band sell 500 times as many of those? Well, again... They made good decisions. The Black Album. Well, because they had the Black Album. Yeah. Completely and utterly other bands wouldn't have done that. It was a calculated... The Black Album was a, was a calculated risk. It was a... Dude, had the Black Album flopped, there would be no Metallica. The amount of money they spent on that record had 
Enter Sandman not taken off, it would have destroyed that band. They made so good. They made good decisions. So anyway, that's my point. You have a yeah, band so like I, Anvil, and that just sucks to be them because they're great. <laughs> yeah, I mean we we've we've kind of tread over the Metallica and everything. No, like, I know. Over, I'm sorry. I don't mean to repeat myself, but but I I, I you know, but again, you know, again, if you get to go see Anvil, I definitely want to. I you definitely should. Uh, you definitely should. So, um. Yeah, but it was uh, it was a good show. Um, I'm happy I got to meet him. I'm happy I got to say a few words to Lips. Um, oh, I was going to oh, get my vinyl signed, but I was like, you know, I had to park like a good three, four blocks away. And I was like, you know, I, you know, and this is another question for you. Okay. So it's cool. It's cool to get stuff signed. But to me, like I know a lot, there's a lot of musicians now who won't sign stuff because like big musicians, little, usually small time musicians. Like it's very notable for not signing autographs. What's that? Dave Grohl Who? does not sign autographs. Yeah, yeah. There's that video floating no, around doesn't. about him saying, you know, the, yep. a whole bunch of people like are asking for his autograph, and he's like, I won't sign anything unless it's for charity. Um, but you know, I, I've I've always, you know, by the way, I am clearly saying this with the understanding that at no point in anyone is anyone obligated to do anything for anybody. Meaning, you know, after a show, I, I will say this after a show, if you're hanging out, it, it's kind of assumed people are going to say, can you sign this? Can you, you know, take a picture whatever, you know, if you're out in public, like with your family or having lunch, you know, at that point, I always find it rude for people to go up and be like, Hey dude, can I get a picture? You know, like the guy's sitting there eating a sandwich and they're like, hey, can I get a picture? Like, who wants to take a picture with a mouthful of tuna salad? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Like, it, you know, it's one thing to be like, hey, dude, big fan. And that's it. You know, that's cool. But it's another thing to be like, hey, I can can I intrude upon your meal? And, you know, I, I don't know. I I wouldn't do it. But um, but the thing about but I, I the question I had for you is. You know, if you had the option, like, so so I was thinking about it, you know, I was like, I got a picture with Lips, I got a picture with Rob, I'm like, wouldn't autograph really matter? Like, if I got my vinyl signed, yeah, it would be cool to have, it'd be a cool keepsake, and yeah, if you have it in your hand, I'm not saying I wouldn't have asked, but to me, if you had the choice, like, you, you only get one shot, like, you only get, like, a few minutes, like, okay, I can either take a picture or get an autograph, which one would you go for? Picture, dude. Every time. Me too. Every time. Me too. And dude, like, I, first of all, I have never bought an autograph. No, 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 no. I, okay, I don't go to conventions. That's not what I'm talking about, though. I get it if you go to a convention and you pay, I'm going to make, whatever, you pay 50 bucks to get an autograph and a picture with someone. Th that's one thing because realistically, that's how that person is able to even be there to do it. F fine. I get it. Okay? It's different if, like, you meet somebody after the show and they charge you. That's just dick. But again, I heard, Ace, uh, I heard Ace Fraley does that. You you go to a you go to a convention, you get it. Fine. I just mean like I have never bought something autographed. Like I've never been like, oh dude, I gotta get this I'm gonna buy an autographed copy of that because I don't care. Now I've never I've never bought anything because it was autographed. Well, I have I, bought I, yeah, I'm not saying I don't have anything. Like Corpse Grinders album came autographed, no, but I bought okay. the album and it came autographed. It was I, I, like me too that I've done. But what I mean is like I've never sought out a let me buy this autographed copy of this record. Like I, I'm not that guy. I don't collect autographs because I'll like, be honest with you, man. Well, yeah, but you know what though? If you bought that record new and it was autographed and sent to you, 
it's still to you. And I guess what I, I guess what I mean is like you mean like you've never bought it from like a collector. Or yeah, anything I don't like that. care, and and I'll tell you why because an autograph is meaningless if it if it wasn't an autograph to me. So I mean um, that I've done that. Like I you know there's 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 musicians or you know stars like for instance i have an autograph picture of david prowse and he notoriously would sit in his study and just you you buy the autograph and it's to me it says to jason again you know you, you don't know the power of the dark side david prowse will i well and he's dead now but will i would i have ever got a chance to meet him no he lived in the uk and he did not leave the uk for any sort of conventions and darth vader is probably my favorite fictional character of all time so I, you know, at the time I thought to myself, I'm like, this guy's like 80 something. I'm gonna buy the autograph. Um, but again, I got it from him, right? And again, it's, yeah, you know, totally made different. out to me. So it's, you know, it wasn't like, you know, you know, Jim, Jimmy's sports st- sports and collectibles is selling a David Prowse autograph thing. Um, you know, and like same thing. Like I but bought one of Sean from White Zombies. I bought one of Shawnee Salt's picks from White Zombies. Yeah, I actually bought the pick. She just put it on a postcard and signed her name to it. So I didn't actually buy the autograph. I actually bought the well, pick. And, and I, I had a reason like, for that. You know, that was White Zombie was one of my first bands and she was like my first heavy metal, you know, crush but, or whatever. So uh, let, let me let me say this though. Again, it's different when you're buying something autographed to you and buying a That's what I mean. Like an autograph is, is meaningless to me if some if it was an autograph for somebody else, I guess is what I'm saying. Right? Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And you um, know, again, but, I've I've bought stuff that was autographed that like was in a bin somewhere, but I didn't buy it because it was autographed. I bought the item and it happened to have been no, autographed. Sure, sure. And I never paid extra if it was autographed. And you I've, got, I mean? dude, like, I've got stuff we got at the radio station that's autographed that I'm like, yeah, I forgot that thing was autographed. Yeah, I, I, I have an immortal picture disc yeah. that's signed by Iskariah and Abath and and Horg, and I got that from the radio station. I didn't get it, but again, I also didn't pay for it. It was literally no. sitting in a bin somewhere, and it was in the I've free got, bin. I've got an Ingve record that, and I was like, dude, I didn't pay for that. I don't. Yeah, know. I'm looking. Ingve Momstein's inspiration signed copy is right above yeah. my head. I again, I got that from the radio station. You know, and and but I, the thing is, to me though, is I have. There's been plenty of times that I met somebody. And man, the the photo means a lot more to me. And actually, what's sad is like back in the day, there were photos I had with people that, you know, on a crappy disposable camera just didn't work out so well. Um, where sometimes it's like, man, like like if I would have had you know the ability to take a really good digital photo back then, I'd have even more. Oh yeah. Um, like I don't have a picture with Quiet Ride, and I met him three times. Yeah, I don't either. Met the whole I met, band. Him, I met him one time with you, yeah. Yeah, I met him literally three different times and don't have pictures. Like, that sucks. It's cool that well, I had an autograph, don't get me wrong. It's cool that my mental health was autographed. But, like, the picture would mean more to me. I think I think times have changed. And what I mean by that is... Back in the you know seventies, well, eighties, sign your MP3. <laughs> well, no, but no. What I'm saying, no, no. The, I I'm oh. going the opposite direction. I mean, in the seventies, eighties, nineties, not well. First of all, you weren't allowed to take cameras into concerts for the longest oh, time. Yeah. Like, yeah, that you was a were not deal. allowed to take them. So if you wanted a picture with the band, you had to go back to your car or whatever, or hide it like up your bottom or you know whatever. And, and if you you're know, seeing Five Finger Death Punch, you got to make you got to yeah, you got to move the monster, the monster can, can a little bit and get that digital camera up there. But 
you know, so so people well, didn't have cameras fan, on them at all times room. like they do now. Like now, you pull your phone out and you got like last night. Like Lips stood there in, in the middle of the crowd and he started taking pictures and chatting with everybody. So I was like, oh cool, and I pulled my phone out and took a picture. If that was in nineteen nine, granted it was a bar. So, but would I have thought to like, oh, I'll bring a digital camera with me? Maybe in the nineties, but like in the in the you know in the eighties when people were walking, you know, they didn't have they you know some people didn't carry cameras around with them wherever they went, you know. So you got an autograph, like that was your way of remembering. Hey, can you sign my ticket? Or hey, can you you know sign this napkin? You know, whatever you had at hand, you had them sign well, it. Let, let me tell you, you, certainly weren't getting you certainly weren't taking video of it. Well, and you know, I was actually my tattoo artist, and I actually had that conversation too, because he mentioned like there uh, a live video of like somebody playing something, and I said to him, I'm like, you know, some of the stuff on YouTube boggles my mind because you'll see live performances from like 1992 or even 1988, and they're from the crowd, and you think to yourself like who the hell filmed this and how the hell did they get the freaking camera in? You know, like it had to have been like my friend's the bouncer and he's not going to say anything. You know what I mean? Like, cause it wasn't like you're sticking a camcorder from 1988 under your jacket or something. You know what I mean? Like those things were like the side, you know, they were like briefcases, you know, like, so, but yeah, but you're right. Look, you know, it's, well, yeah, yeah. You weren't sneaking your Zach Morris phone in either. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Like, but I don't know. So I thought that was interesting. Like, you know, I thought about that the other day. I'm like, you know, as I'm walking back to my car, I'm like, I don't want to bother him again. They, they, you know, I don't want to, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I've got a picture with him. And to me that that's, that's, better like i can put that up on my wall and say like i met that guy do i really need him to write his name on my vinyl to prove it you know what i mean and yes if i had and that you know i didn't bring him in with me because i was like i don't want to carry around three vinyl records or even one vinyl record for an entire concert i want to enjoy the concert i don't want to have to keep track of crap um you know even when i buy t-shirts i fold them up and i i usually wear my like you know bdu pants and i stick them in my cargo pockets um Otherwise, I wait until like the end of the show, but it's a risk. And that's the thing, too. I didn't get an Anvil Tour t-shirt because they were out of they were out of men's sizes. And when I say men's they, they, sizes, they I mean something sizes. bigger yeah, than extra large. Huh? Yeah. When you don't have fanboy sizes, it's just hogwash. Yeah, I know. But so, I mean, yeah, I, I just I was thinking about that the other day. I'm like thinking to myself, like, I don't, I don't know what everybody else thinks out there. You know, I, I'm. In terms like music is one of the few things that I am not a collector. And when I say collector, do I have a big record collection? Yes. Do I have aspects of it that I'm a collector? Like, do I want every Anthrax album? Yes. But I list I, I get my music collection not be not because I, I don't buy like what's valuable. I don't you buy, buy like yeah, I buy to enjoy it. And do I care if a record is in the best condition? No. I mean, I care if it's listenable. Like, I'm not going to buy a record that is filled with scratches and you can't even listen to it. But at the end of the day, you know, I don't care if it's autographed. I don't care if it's, you know, whatever. I just want to be able to put it on my turntable. I, I, I have two rules about vinyl. First of all, I have to be able to tell what it is, meaning I'm not going to buy something in a plain sleeve. I, I buy one of the reasons I like records so much is because of the artwork. So it's got to actually have a cover and it's got to be listenable. Like it can't be just destroyed. You know, so many other things. And, you know, I'm a comic book collector. I do. I look at condition. I look at, you know, um, you know, all that other stuff. But, you know, records, I, I really and truthfully just buy to enjoy. And it's it's funny because when you talk to other record, when you talk to actual record oh, collectors, 
they're not at all. Like, you know, I'll pull it out. I'll pull, I was like at a vinyl show and I was looking at a record and they're like, oh, yeah, that's the uh, such and such pressing. You know, that's that's not as valuable. And I looked at him and I said, I don't really care. I, I'm going to buy it to listen to it. I I don't care if it's worth two dollars oh, or whatever. And they'll man. look at you like you have two heads. Yeah, dude, I, I I straight up like someone like I was at a I was at a record show. I mean, it's a small record show. It, you know, one of those ones they have it like every two months or something. Not a big yeah. deal. But I even told the guy, I, I literally flat out said, I have zero, pre I was like, my preference between the OG copy and the new pressing is if one is 20 bucks and the other one's 100, guess which one I'm picking? I said, the difference between the OG and the new one, if they sound the same, I don't care. Now, now okay, look, I realize Sometimes there are legitimate sound differences or like the new pressing has stuff that the old one doesn't or vice versa. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I don't care if my copy of this record is the OG or – and I, I'll tell you what I certainly don't care about. Oh, oh, but did you get the one with the misprint on the back? I don't care. I'm terribly sorry, but the misspelled word on the back doesn't change the way the record sounds. Right. Like, so I'm with you, man. I don't collect vinyl. I collect a, I, I collect music on vinyl. Yeah, and that's what and I, I mean don't know about, if that's you know, the same thing, but, it's a, but I agree with you. And I, I and I'm telling you, man, I would go to record store day. And I'd have literally everybody else, and I would always show, dude, I'd get there at like one o'clock in the morning. And I would sit outside until whenever they open. You know, and I'd always be the first one there. And I'd be talking to other people. And they'd be talking, they'd have their lists out, and they're talking about like, yeah, there's only X number of copies of this one, and this one's going to be worth more, and I'll be able to blah, blah, blah. And I looked at them and I went, these are the three I'm getting. They're like, oh, you don't want that one? That's going to be, and I went, no, I want the three I'm going to listen to. Yeah, but this one's probably going to be where. And I went, but I don't like that artist. They're like, well, no, yeah, I only want the ones I'm going to listen to. Why? How is that so weird? But again, you can't. You 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 cannot say I don't quote unquote collect vinyl. But it's just I'm with you, man. It's a different approach. I don't. Well, yeah, I mean, I like don't collect, comic. Now, now, comic books. I get it. You you have some well, comics that are monetarily valuable but they're also valuable to I, you but let's be fair dude you I mean, also I have, have records that are monetarily valuable too what's that i mean i have records that are sure, monetarily but, valuable let, too let, but let, i don't let, own them for that reason right but let's be fair you also own loads of comics because you wanted to read them oh yeah i don't i don't like you know well that's the thing i like i have the first appearance of wolverine yeah that's a super expensive book i wanted it because wolverine's one of my favorite characters i literally have the first x-men comic ever printed super valuable comic book I don't care about it. I mean, yes, I care about the value because of what I paid for it. But I mean, if it was worth zero tomorrow, I would feel a little ache in my heart. But at, at the same time, I didn't buy it because, oh, this is expensive. I bought it because the X-Men were a super important book in my life. You know, um, uh, like I own all the original Metallica albums. Like when I bought them, they weren't what they are now because I bought them many, many years ago. But I bought them because they're important albums to me. All the original Anthrax albums, all the original Slayer albums. Like, none of those albums did I did I buy because I'm like, ooh, Rain and Blood. Yeah, that's a real, you know, original first pressing of well, Rain and, and Blood. And even still, though, it's not even so much about buying Rain and Blood on vinyl. 
you're not going out of your way. You're not like, well, yeah, but I need to get the original copy on vinyl that was only that that was only released in Poland for a week until there was a you know what I mean? Like that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, and, and again, well, I'm, I'm with you. There's a, I even get the I want to get the original versions. In, in, the, in I, your case, but I'm talking to people that are hunting well, the yeah. But there's one pressing that's worth. I don't care. But dude, dude, I only own the original versions of all those albums because I got great deals on them. Like the Slayer albums, I actually paid less for the the originals than I did for the reissues because I was in the right place at the right time with a guy who didn't care. Like the store I bought those from, the guy literally said, "Oh, some heavy metal guy came in and sold me a bunch of records. I don't really sell heavy metal, so." whatever's in this box and he quoted me a price and it was all sitting there in front of me would i have gone into a record store and said oh rain and blood they only want two hundred dollars for that yeah i'll take it no i would have been like oh the reissue's right there in the bin for fit for 25 yeah i'll take that again you you bought you bought something to listen to and 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 again i even get the difference between like the original because i'm with you when you're like yeah but i gotta be honest with you there's something really cool about the fact that this was pressed then like i but again like i said you're not the guy who's going on Discogs and trying to get your hand on the certain, you know, the pressing that was green. It, that that's it's cool to have it. I'm not saying it's not. I got some stuff that's cool, but like at the end of the day, I'm with you, man. I collect to listen. Um, and I, dude, I'm but not no, putting people down for that either. I'm just saying I'm. Just I not don't that care guy. what people do. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm saying like that's my preference. So that's. But going back to what how what started this. So that's what I'm saying in terms of like. I thought about it and I'm like, dude, that that record signed would only be like it's slightly more important to me. So I'm like, yeah, I got my pictures. I don't want to bother them. I'll let them load up. You know, I don't want to be that annoying guy that asks them like, oh, can you can you do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? I, I met them. I had a good time. I got my picture with them. You know, at the end of the day, sometimes you don't have that option. Like sometimes, there, you know, I, I've been to like things when you go to like signings and stuff where people will say no pictures because pictures slow to line, slow the line down. You know, like, I get that. Like, if you have a book signing or something like that, and 500 people show up to the book signing and everybody wants a picture, you know, oh, we'll move over a little bit. Okay, yeah, you know, that adds up. So I get sometimes when people are like, okay, sign the book, shake your hand, say thank you, and walk away. I understand that. Same thing with record signings and stuff like that. Sometimes it's you, you don't always get the chance to say, oh, I'm going to take a picture, especially when a whole band is there. You don't get a chance to take a picture with every single member of the band. Um Sometimes, you know, at, at conventions and stuff, it actually actually charge extra. It's like 10 bucks for an autograph, 10 bucks for a picture. So you actually get an option. Which one are you going to pick or both or whatever, but you pay for them. Um, you know what? Actually, let me tell you, I don't think I've never told this story on the on the show. Um, did, did I ever tell you about the time that I went to the mall in my hometown and waited in a like gigantic line that like wrapped halfway around the mall for a couple of hours to get an autograph. Did I ever no. tell you, dude? Well, maybe God, you did. I don't know. I was like ten years old. Oh and yeah, you did tell me about. This. I was like ten years old, and I went to the Mill Creek Mall in Erie, Pennsylvania, when Lex Luger. Yeah, <laughs> the that, you did tell me about this. But yeah. that's when, because remember when Lex Luger went to WWF? It was WWF at the time. He was the narcissist, and then when they tried to make him, he was a heel. When they tried to make him face, which never worked, by the way, 
Um, he went on this tour of like malls where he would sign autographs at a mall because they were trying to make him out to be a, 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 a heel is a bad guy, a face is a good guy. They were trying to make him out to be a good guy, so they sent him to the mall to sign autographs. It's like, <laughs> I, I had like three things that he autographed, and I'm like, man, a picture would have been way cooler. <laughs> like, damn it, I would much rather. I, I certainly don't have that autograph anymore. Um, you know, probably not. Probably wouldn't be worth anything. But, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So yeah, I totally, I totally, I the total the package. I, yeah, I think that's the only time in my life I ever like went somewhere to get an autograph. I, I maybe, maybe that's not true. But I, I, I think it was the only time I ever went some somewhere only to get an autograph. Like, like it's not like you go to a show and you go get your. I mean, to where like. Oh, I hear I hear this person is somewhere signing autographs. That was certainly the only time I ever waited like in a long line, like in an assembly line, you know, autograph thing. Um yeah, yeah, Lex Luger. That was that was I don't know why you just made me think of that. Um, the total package. The, the total package, Lex Luger. Um just just just, you know, f- funny the way No, so No, I know, it, it, but anyway, so like I don't know. It it was I always wondered that, like, you know, how, you know, yeah, listeners, picture. tell, and, tell and us what you week. think. Like, if you have the option, are you going to go for the picture or the autograph? Like, some people might prefer the autograph because maybe it makes that, that, you know, I got my copy of Countdown to Extinction autographed. Um, to me, yeah, I would have loved the picture of Dave Mustaine, but that record is so massively important to my life. Um, you know, that was like, I always well, tell people, you know, I've said, I've told the story in the show a thousand times. That was literally the first heavy metal album I took in fifth grade and I took all my money that I saved up and bought it with my own money. You know Had I listened to the Black Album before that? Yes. Had I listened to Skid Row, Judas Priest, Ozzy before that? Yes. But that was the first one where I went to the store, went to the bin and picked the tape up out and took it up to the register. You know, actually, let me say this though. There is, there's always exceptions to everything, right? Let me tell you the one exception. I have a picture, and that's cool. But my favorite possession, like, of everything I own, other than, you know, my, you know, my sex toys. um, (laughs) Like, my favorite thing that I own easily... is my copy of The Last in Line on vinyl that Ronnie James Dio autographed with my name on it. And it says, my name, you are the first in line, Ronnie James Dio. Like, that meant the world to me that I have that. But you also have a picture with him. No, I do. I have a picture with him, too. And my copy of Dream Evil has my name on it. And they just said magic, and he signed it. But you know why it's so special to me? Now, it also has Jimmy Bain's autograph on both of them, and, you know, he's no longer with us either. But because his autograph takes up, like, half of the front of the record. Like, because Ronnie James Dio's autographs were notoriously really big. And I don't know, that one, like like you said about Countdown Extinction, that one is special to me. And I have a picture with Ronnie James Dio, and I, and I love that I have a picture with him. But there's something about that, I don't know, man. Something about Ronnie signing an OG copy, which, by the way, I paid, like, probably five bucks for. I'm, I'm willing to bet you in the 90s I paid next to nothing for the last in line. No, I, paid, I think I paid $4 for uh, 
um, uh, peace cells. Oh I yeah, I paid yeah. like four I, bucks for Hello Eights too. Yeah, I, I I got peace cells for next to nothing too. But seriously, I I paid nothing for it, and I I I I, I didn't even bring it. Like it wasn't a novelty. I brought it because I had it. Um, so that yes, that one means a lot to me. But it's because my name is on it, and and and, and it's not worth anything. No one else wants. I, I could only sell it to someone who had the same first name as me. You know, like <laughs> it's. But that's the difference. It's personalized to me. Has my name on it, and like, other than a stack of F books, I want to be buried with the thing. Like so, yes, that that is that is my one exception. My my copy and and, and Dream Evil as well. But just the what he what he wrote on. On my last in line vinyl, man, that that means the world to me. It really does. So that yeah, that's my exception. Um, I, I'm not saying I would trade it for the picture, but it 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 means it means a lot more to me than the picture for some reason. And I, I don't know why that one. But that's the only one. It's the only one. Only one I have. And, and it's equally not worth. I'm not saying I couldn't sell it for something, but I. It's not like people are well, like, but, ooh, you've got Dio's autograph. Well, that's worth a million bucks. Well, no, it's he, funny because sometimes you always sign autographs. And you say some of that stuff too. Like, you know, I, I, I've had people say that about some of the things I own. And I'm like, I don't really thought about it that way. Like, cause it's not, it's not, I don't think about stuff like that in terms of value. Like, some of my comic books, are, are they important to me? Yes. Do I think of them in value? Yes. Because you can't help it but autographs and things like that i always take those for granted in terms of i associate them with the memory more so it's and that's why i think pictures for me are are more are more my thing i would rat like like if i if whomever if uh uh like that you know you, it's funny because i think about that too like i think about the time i met dimebag like the time i met dimebag if I was standing there in that moment, if I would have had a Sharpie and something to sign in my hand at that time, I would ask them to sign it. But if it was today, like if you were to take, you know, all our like cellular phones, I probably honestly would have said, hey, can I get a picture real quick? But way before I ever would have said, dude, can you sign this? Because, yeah, and, and it's funny because you also have to think about it that way. You're right in terms of if your goal is to have something of value, meaning if I was to say Dimebag signed this copy of Cowboys from Hell, in 20 years, you know, when he's dead, could I put that up on eBay and make some money? Yes. Could I put a picture with him up on eBay and make some money? No, nobody wants my ugly mug sitting, you know, standing next to Dimebag Daryl. Um, but on the, you know, but, you know, generally speaking, when I do that stuff, like, I, I, I don't know, like, I... Music is such a part of my life, and I feel like a lot of metalheads are like this. I don't care. Like, I'm never... Like, I would have to be in such dire straits to sell something like that that, that I had that personal connection to. Like, if I had a record worth $300 that I liked the band, and I'm like, you know, either I get kicked out of my house or I sell the record, I'm gonna sell the record. But to me, like, you know, the memories are what's really important more so than the value. So I guess it also depends on what drives you because you can, you know, like you could have said, and I'm not saying you No, I know you didn't, but you could have said, well, I want to get these two records signed because when Dio passes away, these are going to be worth a lot of money. Yes, I'm a fan, but I'm also thinking in that regard. But I, and again, I know you that didn't even enter your consciousness. Um, 
you know, and it, whereas a picture is going to be no, it was worthless I, I wasn't to thinking, everybody but you. I wasn't thinking, man, I'm going to walk away with this valuable. I'm thinking like, dude, I'm going to meet Dio when he's going to sign it. And that's I know you did, and that's what I mean. So like, yeah, I get I mean, that dude, there's I, some. I literally consider that one of the greatest things, one of the best memories I have in my entire life. Yeah. No, and I, and mean, I, I seriously. Know. I know. But again, but that that's because and dude, I have a Dio tattoo. Now, mind you, I, I only got it like in the last two years. And in fact I got it on, on Dio's birthday, but that was coincidental. Um But it, it's just because so much of Ronnie James Dio has been so important to me. You know, from the, the, the times I saw him live to his entire I mean his time in Black Sabbath and Rainbow and oh man, there's just there's so much about Ronnie James Dio's body of work. Him as a performer, him as a him as a human, like the way he interacted with people, the way he treated like there every there's so much about Ronnie James Dio that meant so much to me that and and look, dude, I, we worked in like we've both met enough bands, you know. Like look, dude, you met Lips yesterday, like that's awesome. I think Lips is awesome. Like that's so cool. When I would listen to when I if I from now on when you listen to Anvil, like that ah, dude, that was cool. I met him. But you know, not everybody you meet is like this life is, is like that impactful. You know, like you always say Dimebag Daryl. I would like when you say that, you know, you got the chance to meet Dimebag Daryl, like how important that is to you. I mean, honestly, I I, I say that about Dio. Like and, you know, I it, I met Rob Halford, so did you. I mean, coolest dude. Like, I'm happy I met Rob Halford, but it, Dio, it's it's just, I don't know, man. That's a thing for me. Um, and, and, and and dude, I, I met King's X. I'm a, I'm a humongous fan of King's X, but there's something about Dio. And it's not because he's dead either, because I felt that way then. I felt that way when he was still alive. There's something, there was, I don't know, something special about him. Just, well, Dimebag was that way too. You, you, it was, it was a huge event to you. It was a huge memory for you long before the guy passed away. Long before Dime was killed, it was an important thing to you. It, it's not important because, oh, well, he's dead and I got to, no. That just makes it. No, I, I mean, I, I mean, obviously when I met the guy, I didn't know he was going to die anytime. I mean, no, he, but I mean, he died I mean, many, it, many, many years it's later. It's not but. as if it only became important to you after the fact, you know, um, it, it it was important to you because you know it was important to you. I mean, and like I said with Dio, like I'm trying to think like what Neil Peart maybe like I'm trying to think of someone else that I could have met. I mean, as big of an Iron Maiden fan as I am, I still don't think meeting any member of Iron Maiden would have had the same kind of impact as Dio. I can't even explain it, man. Yeah, you know, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about like who who would I I. I mean, there are people whom I'd love to meet. Meaning, you know, you know, would I love to meet Ozzy? Sure. Would it? Would I like bend over backwards to meet Ozzy? Nah. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, given the opportunity, I wouldn't. I obviously wouldn't say no, and I'd go out of my way to do it. Would I like pay four hundred dollars to meet Ozzy? No. You know that. That's what I mean. You know, like if, if it was like, and we both met super cool people too. Yeah, like no, guys and bands that were just really cool. Yeah, I mean, like that's what I mean. Like, but I'm honestly trying to think who who's still around that like I would be like, ooh, wow, I got to meet them. Can I, I, I have an easy, I have a probably really super quick answer to that. Huh. 
King Diamond would probably be like serious top yeah. of my list. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and cool. but, but there's reasons for it. A huge fan, B huge fan of a long body of work and super cool guy. You know what I mean? Like uh, dude, my gut instinct answer number 1 on my list would be King Diamond. I'm thinking like cuz I'm, I'm thinking a lot of the I mean, people I don't know. I I'm not saying I couldn't think of somebody else if I thought longer about it. But King Diamond would be my number 1 if I could meet again in metal. You know, yeah, I guess Metallica or whatever, someone big. ACDs. Well, actually, Brian Johnson would be really damn cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm also putting them in another category of, like, their mega stars. I'm saying, like, in what I would consider the regular world of metal where they're not, you know, making hundreds of millions of dollars and unapproachable. Yeah, King Diamond, man. Probably. I mean, again, maybe I think of somebody else, but. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, a lot of people whom were, like, huge influences on me have been fortunate enough to me. Like, I met Dave Mustaine. I met Scott Ian. Um, um, I, I met Dime. I met uh, you know, and all those are brief meetings, but like, still, it was cool. Shake their hands, say thanks. Yeah, but you know, it matters. It, it matters. It matters to you, man. And that that maybe well, somebody and, like Zach Wild, it would be cool to me. Like, I, and again, I shook his hand and everything else, and I said, you know, whatever. But I don't know. It's it's like I'd love to meet Alice Cooper. Like that yeah, would be super. Be cool that one. would be a big one for me. But again, yeah. I, ah, man, it wouldn't be. Deal. But King Diamond would probably be. Um, I mean, I know Alice Cooper would be huge for me, yeah, a huge, you know, lifelong fan of Alice Cooper, too. Um, but I, I take every opportunity to meet, you know, cool people in bands. Like, I, and, and I've, you know, hey, dude, when I and when I go to shows, like, I always look around like, hey, man, if there's someone in one of the bands, if I can if I can get a picture or whatever, even just say, hey, man, what's up? You know, like, I I think that's cool as hell. You know, again, when I lived in Charlotte, the the, the Tremont Music Hall, where I used to see bands all the time. Whatever band played there, you were probably going to meet them. I, maybe the singer ran away. Sometimes, like, the main guy in those bands would sneak out the back door and go straight on the bus, but you were probably meeting the rest of them. They just, you just, you met loads of bands because it was a small venue and they'd hang out, up, out outside. You know, I mean, I've 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 told the story about like hanging out with Alestorm for like a half an hour. <laughs> you know, they had nothing else better to do. We were standing around, we drank beers. You know, I met uh, you know um, Sir Russell Allen at the bar in the venue. You know, like it's that stuff's cool, man. It's, it's always weird when you forget. <laughs> like I forgot I met that guy. <laughs> it sounds silly, but. That's weird with me. Like I, for some reason, and I say this all the time, I always forget that I interviewed Woody from Grossman Conformity. So yeah. weird. Like they were literally the first metal band I ever saw live. The first one, the first metal band I ever saw live was Grossman Conformity. And I'm a big fan of Grossman Conformity. Like Tuesday, and, I'd I'd love to to get a picture with Dave Davidson or or any of the you know members of Crypta or anything like like hey else man, like I, that you know I, I ate I'd at love Buffalo that. Wild Wings with Morbid Angel, yeah, yeah, and 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 watching Trey like giggle, yeah, <laughs> they were so he was high, stoned, man. yeah, they were so stoned. no, I I mean I I but anyways, you know I mean it's uh it's and by the way, this is not like name dropping. This is more just it's silly stories, yeah, <laughs> you know um. It's man, it's it's it's. I, I've I mean I've only met a few that were like, I mean while we we've we've always said that like Phil Anselmo was a douche, um we we've said that enough times, but 
that I wouldn't want to meet Glenn Danzig. Well, I hung up on him. <laughs> I straight up hung up on him. Uh, the <laughs> only guy that was like, when I interviewed him, man, I've told the story before. I was supposed to do an interview with him, and he was being a dick cheeseburger on the phone. I literally said to him, "Not for nothing, man. Your record sucks, and I'm totally happy not playing it." And I hung up. He was such a jerk. I was like, "All right, dude, dude, like." <laughs> You need me to play your record. You're, you need to do an interview with me in Erie, Pennsylvania to play. You need to do an interview with me just so I'll play your record. It sucks. Like, what did he say that, like, made you so mad? I, he was just being a – I don't remember. He was just being, like, a complete jerk. I don't re, I don't remember. He was just – he was It was off. He was a, being a complete jerk. And I was eventually like, you know what, dude? I don't need. I really don't need this interview. Your record really sucks. I hung up on him. Um, only. I always forget. I forget about that all the time, and I don't know why I forget I did that. Um, <laughs> swear to God, I, 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 I. Seriously, of all the weird things I forget, I forget I did that. Um, I. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, meeting meeting King Diamond would be. Would be uh, would be probably well, but you know, we both share the most famous musician we ever met. We both share it. The most famous music person either one of us have ever have ever met. Yeah, we sync. both met. Yeah, when we met Justin Timberlake, Joey Fat One, and um, Lance and the other whatever. But yeah, me, Justin Timberlake is legitimately the biggest star. Um, that either one of us ever met. Um, I mean, like you could say, like Stan Lee's maybe more important as far as the world goes around. Uh, but Justin Timberlake's like one of the biggest celebrities ever, you know. Um, but th that's just a funny story. Um, which I swear to God, people, I tell that story, and I swear to God, people still think I'm exaggerating or making parts of it up, and I'm not. <laughs> I'm not going to tell it again on here. I know we've told it before, but you know, if you ever want us to tell it, if you ever want to hear the story, we'll gladly tell it to you. But yeah, that that is definitely not a story we made up. Nope. Nope. Watch the whole thing happen. <laughs> oh man, what a day that was. Um but uh you know, circling back around to the beginning, you know, th it's interesting how this all rolls in back to what you were saying earlier about Anvil about that importance of that, the connection, and the wanting to. Look, I, I'm with you, man. Bands can't always sign autographs. They, they actually can't. The, you know, oftentimes when the manager, like, pulls them away, it's because they have to go. And, well, they might have to go to the bathroom. But, I mean, like, they have to leave. Right? Like, I get it. I totally get it, man. But we've mentioned numerous times about how, like, Doyle complains about fans paying him too much money for his autograph. And then you got a guy like Lips, you know. And again, like I said, maybe Lips doesn't have time to sign everybody's autograph. Maybe. Let's just pretend. Dude, you're, you're – can you imagine Lips being, like, rude to someone? Someone who didn't deserve it. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine him just being rude to somebody? Come on, dude. 
I mean, everybody, and that's the thing that people, I, I always think people overlook too. Everybody's got bad days. Like there are, and that's what I was saying about like when somebody's sitting there eating a sandwich, whenever somebody's like, oh, dude's a jerk. I walked up to him while he was eating lunch and asked for a picture and an autograph. And the dude said, no, like what a jerk. I'm thinking to myself, dude, I wouldn't want to do it. Like if I'm sitting there enjoying my lunch and maybe, you know, for all you know, that's like the only hour he gets to himself in the entire day. Like, I understand when people are like, hey, dude, I just want to eat my lunch. And and actually, yeah, again, I, I find it kind of rude if somebody's eating a meal and you go bump them on the shoulder and say, hey, man, can I get a pick? Like, I, I you know, I, I do like, let me put it this way. If somebody walks past and is like, hey, dude, big fan, you know, they give you a nod or something like that. I don't I don't think that's entirely rude. I, I mean, I probably wouldn't do it, but, you know, I, I wouldn't like, you know. I, yeah, I don't I mean, think like, that's dude, if rude. I saw Corpse Grinder at Bush Gardens playing a claw machine, I'd want to get his picture. And one of one of our listeners did that. If I saw Corpse Grinder with his wife and kids at Bush Gardens, I'm not going to walk up and be like, "Can I get a picture?" Right. You know, yeah, like, if, seriously, I, if, if I was if he's hanging I, out playing a claw machine, and by the way, let's be fair, if Corpse Grinder is hanging out at Bush Gardens playing a claw machine, he's wearing a t-shirt with Corpse Grinder. He's on wearing it. a t-shirt with his own face on it. <laughs> well, and let, let me also throw this out too. That's the big difference between someone like a guy in Cannibal Corpse. Dude, they're not. Alex Webster can leave his house without getting mobbed. You know what I mean? Like. Alex Webster can go to Walmart and not get mobbed by everybody. You know, guys like that, it's like, hey, man, can I get a pick? Awesome. You know, dude, it, it, again, it's different when you're like a mega celebrity and you can't. Um, and by the way, you were just saying like everybody has bad days. I point out that Glenn Zanzig was a jerk because he was doing press like he was on the clock at the time. I wasn't talking to Glenn Danzig when he was shopping. I was talking to Glenn Danzig as the guy who's interviewing him for the sole purpose of promoting his record. He didn't need to be a jerk to me. I didn't need him. That's all I meant. Um, but no, I agree. But again, if you're at a show, that, that's a different thought. Let me say this, though. After a show, I kind of still think you're on the clock. Now, I'm not saying you have to sign everybody autograph. I'm not saying that. But, dude... You can still be cool to the fact that you're in a room full of people who paid to see you. That's all I mean. You know, you don't you don't have to be you don't have to be an ass, at least. Well, that's but, a th you know that, that I mean that that's completely. And, and, and by the way, some fans are asses to, to the people. I I I I I get it too. Um, you know, I. Uh, it's also you know it's not like people like line up and ask for my autograph. <laughs> Like our podcast was was streamed in forty nine before. The, okay, look. Admittedly, our podcast lost um, a substantial portion of listeners when we when when the show had to get taken down. Um, it was it, that's a victim of circumstance. I'm okay with it, but our show was you know in twenty twenty two or one whatever before it got torn. It was was streamed in forty nine countries. Like I get it, but dude. No one knows who we are, <laughs> and no one cares. No one knows who we are, and no one cares. Um, it's so I don't know. Maybe I maybe I can't relate, but I'm totally with you, man. Um, if I see somebody sitting at the bar, that's one thing. If I see someone with his wife and kids, like, dude, I'm not. You know, I'm not saying I wouldn't walk past and be like, "Hey, man, 
thumbs up, but I'm not going to be like, hey, man, I know your 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 kids got her got her report card out, and you're you're looking at her. You know what I mean? Or like you're singing happy birthday to your kid. Let me get in and sing with you. I mean, come on. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, happy birthday. <laughs> yeah, happy birthday, yeah, actually, kid. Can I, can, you know what I would do? No, I tell you what I would do. If I was at if I was at a restaurant, right? If I'm at Denny's, <laughs> I don't know why I'm picking Denny's. If I'm at Denny's and Corpse Grinder and his wife and kids are in the table next to me, you know, I, you know, what I, I would be more inclined to, um, I'd be more inclined to tell their server, hey man, I'll, they're, they're, I'll, I'll let me buy their meal and walk by. I'm like, hey man, big fan, you know, big fan, enjoy it. Maybe that, you know what I mean, like. I, I, I'm not telling you. I, I'm, I would be more inclined to do that and do the "Hey man, awesome" um, lunches on me. I think you know that's that, that, which is totally not like let me intrude on your life. It just, I mean, again though, but it goes both ways, man. We, I, I will, I will also say we as metal fans need to not also not be crappy fans too. We need to not be pushy. We need to not be jerks. We we need to it, so it goes both ways. It really does go both ways. Some people are just straight up. You just they're just rude. But again, there are plenty of people that go to shows that I wouldn't want to get a picture with them either. I wouldn't want to spend thirty seconds talking to that person either. I mean, dude, you gotta you gotta mention you gotta mention the drunk guy yesterday. Dude, this is hilarious. And we've all seen it. You, you you mentioned the drunk guy at the show yesterday. Do you know oh. what I'm talking about? Oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I, I misheard you for a minute. No, it's okay. Dude, like, so a pet peeve of mine, I, I guess it's not a pet peeve because I don't really care what people do with their life, but um, th- this will lead into something else that, that I think is a pet peeve. Um. So I'm standing there and there's like one per there's two people in front of me. I was like in the second row for Anvil. Um, I don't know. I didn't because there's no there's no rail and I didn't want to be in the first row. I don't know. I feel weird literally standing like where Lips's crotch is like six inches away from my face. Oh, like- dude, dude, dude. <laughs> I was in the front row for I was in the front row for Sebastian Bach. And I and like literally he's like standing over me and I look I, I look look straight up. I'm like, dude, Sebastian Bach's nutsack is like six inches above my head. This is weird. <laughs> well, that's what I mean. Like I was like, it's so weird, I'm like, man. I'm happy being a step back. You know what I mean? Like anyways, so this dude in front of me, he's having a good time. He's cool. He's rocking out. Then I noticed he's literally like staring at his phone. And like, again, I thought, you know, well, maybe he's like taking a picture or something like that. And I didn't want, I'm like, I'm not like trying to look at his phone and see what he's doing or whatever, but he's uh, suddenly I noticed he's also bobbing and weaving. Like he's like, you know, kind of like whatever. And he's just staring at his phone and it's like pointed at the ground. I'm thinking to myself, like, dude, why would you be like front row at a concert and just like checking your Instagram? Like you're literally standing right in front of like the performers and you're just like on your phone scrolling Instagram. I'm like, why would you do that? Like, why? Why? Like, what's the point of being front row if you're not even going to pay attention to what's happening? And then... I notice him like his head droops and he drops his beer. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, this guy's not cruising in his Instagram. He has no freaking clue where he is right now. <laughs> like he was so hammered 
that he literally was passing out standing up. And again, it wasn't hot in there. So it's not like it was like the heat. We weren't packed in like sardines because I get that sometimes when you're when you're in a show and you're like packed in there, like, you know, shoulder to shoulder, front to back. And like there's no room to move and everybody's hot and sweaty and everything else like that. I get that sometimes people like pass out. No, this was not the case. We all had plenty of elbow room around us and stuff like that. I mean, Anvil was not playing to a packed house. So I'm thinking, and this guy's just hammered and his friends kept bringing him beer. So I'm like thinking to myself, like, you know, I understand, like I had a couple beers before the show. I was having a good time, but I always thought to myself, and and again, you know what? It's your money. It's your ticket. But it's just like I said, like we said a couple episodes ago where we're saying like, you know, we, we, you know, people can do whatever they want and in no way, shape or form. Am I trying to tell people what they can do with their time, what they can do with their money, what they can do with their lives. But to me, again, I'm, I'm like, why do you pay to see a band pay, pay, buy a ticket to see a band and then get so freaking drunk that you're standing there watching them and you're literally passing out, standing up and you have no clue where you are. Like, they, like, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand it. Like, again, whatever, if that's how the dude has fun, cool, good for him, man. But I'm thinking to myself, like, I'd feel like I pissed away a lot of money because ticket tickets are not cheap now. Even to see Anvil, the ticket was like 30 bucks plus fees. Like, that was not a $10 show. This is not a $10 cover. Like, it, you know, so I'm thinking to myself, like... And it certainly probably wasn't a $10 beer. Well, it might have been, but... It was uh, like a $6 beer, yeah. All right, well, still, yeah. $6 drafts. You know, a lot of... It's funny. The people who live in New York are like, oh, that's all. And the people who live, like, back in our hometown are like, $6! Um, and it was, like, funny, because it's not like a draft like you think of a draft. It was yeah, literally, like... in Pennsylvania, an alcoholic could get drunk for 6 bucks. Yeah, you fair. could walk in with a 20 and not walk out. Um, if you walk into a bar with six bucks in Erie, Pennsylvania, you're walking out with the mortgage. Or you're walking out with, like, the title to the bar. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you no, own it I mean, but, but and these And these weren't, like, drafts. They were, like, solo cups. Like, you know, this was not, like, a, oh, you get a nice, like, mug of beer. Like, this was literally, like, a like a, not even a solo cup. It was, like, one of the clear plastic cups. Um, but, you know... Again, I'm thinking to myself, like, why would you, like, pay to see a band? And it's the headliner, too. So it's not like you get smashed and then you get smashed, like, in the, you know, for the openers and then you kind of sober up at the end for the headliner. I'm thinking to myself, dude, you saw, like, the band's, you know, there are a lot of people there to see to see Midnight Hellion because they're they're from Trenton. They're they're kind of local, so they have a big following here. And may, maybe, but, but again, even then, why would you fight your way to the front just to literally pass out? <laughs> like... I'm just thinking to myself, like, what the hell? You know, and again, whatever. If that was that dude's, if that dude woke up the next morning and said, dude, I had so much fun last night, awesome, I'm him. I'm just thinking to myself, like, dude, if I woke up the next morning and I was so hammered that, the, like, I missed the show, essentially, I'm th- I'd be thinking to myself, like, dude, what the hell's wrong with me? You know what I mean? Like, wh- why the hell did I pay money to go get hammered? I could have done that at home in my basement for well, free. And the worst part is, like, it's not as if he was like, okay, I get, you know what, I get when you're at a concert and you're out in the lawn and you and your buddies are drinking you're having a good time, but dude, when you can't even watch the show because you're passing out, like, man, man, dude, that sucks. I, I, I passed out once at a show. I didn't pass out. I was like, 
I'm pretty drunk. I'm going to lay down and take a nap. <laughs> Wasn't that Slayer? No, it was at Lordy. Oh, Lordy. It was it was at it was at that free Ozfest. And it was Oh man, it was in Charlotte, North Carolina, l- like last week of July, first week of August. Super hot. And a friend of ours and I went and we drank a case of beer really quickly out in the parking lot. We just polished off a case of beer. And we went inside and after a little while, you realize that drinking a ton of beer really quickly, not eating and being in really hot weather, m- screws you up real bad. And Lordy went on, and I went, you know what, I'm going to... And I laid down on the lawn and woke up after Lordy, and oh, it was good. Dude, I, what a cool show. Dude, I saw Three Inches of Blood that night. I saw um, I saw Behemoth. But, but, uh, that, but again, bit. though, again... You you passed out during the openers, who you really didn't care as much about. And, I'm, yeah. and I, by the way, I'm not saying you shouldn't care about the openers. Like when I go Tuesday, the well, opener I, I, is actually Lordy one of the bands like the I care most about. I didn't seeing. care. Well, but that's what I'm saying. Like you you passed out during the opener. You but then you kind of woke up, sobered up a little bit, and saw like the band you pretty much came for. And again, like Tuesday when I go see Morbid Angel, I'm actually going. The opener is actually one of the bands I'm going to see the most. Um, Crypta. Um, but, uh, more actually, it's funny. Cause if, if Crypta and revocation were, were not on that bill, I would not be going. Cause I've seen morbid angel. I'm not the biggest morbid angel fan. Uh, their last album, in my opinion, I, I I'm giving yeah. a, I'm giving an honest review. I'm not saying musically it sucked. I'm saying, I don't know who the hell they hired to produce it, but literally all you can hear is bass drums. Like I could literally get a better guitar sound out of like my my tiny little Marshall, and when I say tiny little Marshall, I mean literally one that's powered by a nine volt battery that is about six inches tall. If I were to put a microphone on that, I could get a better guitar sound. It just sounds so muffled, and you can't even hear what's going on. Um, I don't know. Again, oh, oh, by the if, way, let if, me say this real quick on 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 Morbid Angel because I thought about this the other day. Yeah, I like Morbid Angel up through the letter G. After that, it's garbage. Yeah, Gateways to Annihilation is a good album. Covenant's it's a good like, album. Gate, Gateways to Annihilation. If you've never heard the song at one with nothing, it's awesome. The song I is awesome, and the song Summoning Redemption is awesome. We used to play all three of those on our radio show. It was great. Um, Formula's Fatal to the Flesh is a terribly underrated record because it's the first one that Steve Tucker did. Not their best album, but it's, you know, it's good. Uh, Domination, you know, Covenant. Those are you know, uh, my two favorites. Ones. Are still Alters of Madness and, and Blessed. Oh, are the Blessed Sick. are the Sick is easily my favorite record of theirs. Those are but those are my two favorites. Covenant and Domination are not my favorite, but they're good albums. Yeah, Covenant, I, I don't mind Covenant. Covenant's grown on me over time. Like I, I'll albums. be honest I mean, with you, to say they're not good albums. Yeah, call yeah. me a poser like, if you, call me a poser if you want. I've never been the biggest Morbid Angel fan. Uh, I'm again, not either. I'm not saying they're good suck. albums. Objectively, they're good albums, and I'm not saying yeah. I never listened to them, but I, I like, I pretty much like them. I'm not a big Morbid Angel fan, and I'm not saying yeah. I am. I, I mean, truthfully, I and honestly, I like them up through the letter G. I, I even told was you. The first, Heretic was the first one I got that went, oh my God, this is straight garbage. Like, and it's just I, garbage after that. I even told you, like, I, I, I'm It depends on how the show sounds and everything I would not like that. For the whole set, I would probably you know I looked at their set. I even peeked at their set list because I'm like, what are they playing mostly from? They're only playing I think like one or two songs off Altars of Madness and Blessed of the Sick, which you know makes sense. I'm not criticizing them for those choices, but I'm thinking to myself like, 
I may. I, the only thing that would keep me there is because I love one riff. I love that one with the in uh in um um God of Emptiness. I love yeah. that riff. Um, but like I don't know. Like I, it oh, depends on how K, late I'm it is. It depends what, when the when the next oh. train is. But um, hey, they're playing Summoning Redemption. Yeah, I just got done talking about that. Yeah, um, no, I, they're playing I, Rapture. That's cool. But like um, I don't know, like I, I'm I'm Rapture's I, the first track. By the way, Rapture's the first track on on Covenant. That's an awesome record. Yeah, no, that's I an know. awesome song. But I don't, I don't know, know, like I'm I just, I, I probably yeah. will stay for Morbid Angel only because I I don't know. I feel like I wasted my money if I don't. But uh, uh, you by know, the way, I, I don't know. They're playing three songs from Gateways, which is cool. Yeah, um, I saw. I I no, I'm I'm just saying Heretic sucks. Um, God and their latest album, they always play. Their Plus latest the album, sick. I don't know. Their latest album, like I said, like I listened to their latest album, and I'm thinking, and the, the only thing I think to myself is, I really wish I could hear if these songs were cool or not, because all I could hear is, that's all I could hear was bass drums and muffled guitar, and like it's it's a shame because Trey is such a good guitar player that I don't know why you would put a guitar track or a guitar sound on your album that literally sounds like a wet fart. I man, I am totally with you. Um, you, I mean, it, it's it's hard to it's hard to say um, what they're. I, I mean, bad mixes are bad mixes, but um, if that's what they were going for, I don't know what the hell their their intention was. I'm um, looking at. Oh, by the way, I will throw this out. When I saw Morbid Angel in 2004. I got to see them play where the slime live, which is not typical for them to my I I to what I understand, they don't often play that. Um that was the highlight of seeing them for me was like where the slime live is. It's the second track of Domination. Where the slime live. I it's a cool song. Um I, I I'm sorry, it just one of the one of the songs of theirs I think is really cool. And that's what is that's it. Um and uh Yeah, anyway. Sorry. And World of S, they played that too, which is th those were the two other than God of Emptiness and Rapture because of being their like big ones that people know. Um, those are just tracks I remember them playing that I thought were were fun. Uh, but I would probably not stay for the whole set. I would watch a little bit of Morbid Angel because I mean they're a good band. I don't dislike them. They're a band that I would leave before the crowd did. I would leave before the encore. I, uh... I you know what I mean. I would I would take the opportunity to leave before. Well, it's easy to leave. Leave before the traffic, you know? Um, well, there's no traffic in bit. New York City. What's that? There's no traffic in New York City. No, but what I'm saying is I would still, I would probably leave. Um, I'm also, you're in New York City. I'm saying me. Like, if I were to go to see him at a club somewhere, yeah, I'm not staying for the whole show. And there's nothing against them. I would stay and watch some of it because they're a great band. I just, I'm with you, man. I don't get all excited about them. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, but but, but you anyways, know what? I, actually, I actually haven't listened to Morbid Angel in a while. Um, I've been listening to him a little bit, but again, I'm mostly listening to Crypt Crypto and Revocation, or what I'm really going for. Like after, it's literally going to be after Revocation. I'm going to go stand near the door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> after Revocation, I'm going to go stand near the door. Is what it all pretty much comes down to. By the um, way, um, I, you wanted to talk about Crypto, and we're we're running out of time. Well, 
I, well, the other but... thing I wanted to mention, though, I wanted to mention one more thing about live shows because I, you know, this is the first concert I've been to since 2019. I told you Anvil is the first thing I've seen since 2019, and I've got like tickets to three three other things, and I'm only going to keep adding to that list as tours are announced and I find shows around here. Um, but anyways, my point being is that there's other there's one other thing that I find a pet peeve of, and I don't know if it's be, if I'm just more conscious of it because I haven't been to a concert for a while. Or if it's becoming worse, I'm wanting to think it's becoming worse. I, you know, my personal opinion is this. Do I take a picture or two during a show? Yeah. Did I film like a quick 20 second video when, when Anvil is playing metal on metal to, to send to you? Yes. But what I find irritating as hell is when people go to take pictures and they literally shove their phone like right in front of your face. Because, oh, I need a good picture. So, they like, I was standing next to a dude yesterday. He decided he wanted to take a video. So, he literally shoved his phone in front of my face. And I'm liter- I am literally looked over at him like, dude, the hell are you doing? And I, like, pushed his arm out of the way. Because I'm like, what the, like, what, what kind of a-hole, like, literally is like, I want to take a picture. So, I'm going to block your view to do it. And, and again, he didn't want to take a picture. He took a freaking video. So it's not like he was like snap and then put his well, phone it's like down. Well, fat photo bomber when I met Paul. Well, but I mean, it's even worse than that because the fat photo bomber got like in your picture, but you still got a picture with Paul Bostaff. When somebody shoves their, and phones are not small now. Phones are freaking gigantic now. So when somebody shoves their giant freaking phone in front of your face, like I'm standing there watching the show. I don't want to watch my show through my phone. That's why I don't have it out. So what the hell makes you think I want to watch it through yours? Like block your own freaking view. Like and and it's like again, it's it's one thing when somebody takes their phone out, takes a picture, cool. Like even when I took pictures, I didn't put my arm all the way up. Like I put it in front of my own face. You know what I mean? And granted, yes, I was closer to the stage, so I didn't have to worry about like looking over people or anything like that. You know, and you know, it, but I'm just thinking to myself, like, I, I don't understand this this modern mentality of I have to have my phone out the entire show and taking pictures, like, or, or taking video, and I have to record every single song. I just don't get, especially if you're front row. Like, in my opinion, again, you're like that dude in the movie theater who decides to wear his ten gallon cowboy hat, who's six foot six. Like, you're just being a dick. You know what I mean? Like, you know, people behind you can't see. So you're just kind of being a dick at that point. Like if you again, you want to take your phone out and snap a picture. Okay, cool. That's like putting your hand up and doing the metal sign or whatever. You want to sit there the entire freaking show and film it. And you're going to everybody behind you has got to stare at your freaking phone screen. Like kind of being a dick, dude. You know what I mean? Like I like I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting on that. And again, if you if you want to stand towards the you know wherever you want to stand and nobody like really is behind you or whatever and you want to film the whole freaking show on your phone knock yourself out i just think it's a dick move to literally pull your phone out raise it as high as you can above your head hit record and plan on camping out for the entire set especially if you're like front row dead center you know what i mean like i think at that point you're kind of just being a dick no i i i i but well, again, going back to but you know, and the thing that sucks is 
it's not only it's only one guy that does it. It's like 30 dudes or 30 people who are all in the front and they all pull their phones out and they all want to get higher than the guy in front of them. So the next thing you know, you can't even see the freaking band. You just see a wall of freaking phones. Oh, man. Yeah, I it's I I I and I'm new. I, I always take some video, but dude, not like that. And certainly. But hey, you know, can we just name this episode? Episode 29. Don't be a dick. Yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I think it's a moral the whole night. Like, just don't be a dick. I, 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 I don't know. Like, don't be Eddie Trunk. I, I guess. I don't um, know. But like, I don't know. Like, and again, you know, I know there's going to be tons of people who are like, dude, who are you to tell me I paid just as much money as you? And if I want to take some pictures or a video, blah blah blah, that's yeah, cool. Dude, and I'm not dude, saying don't do it. I'm just saying, do like, your thing. Don't ruin it for somebody else. Yeah, I'm just saying, like, you're 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 like saying I want to take a video of this, and everybody behind me, screw you. You know what I mean? Like, I, I always am pretty conscious of, like, if somebody who's, like, four foot three is standing immediately behind me, I always try and move over a little bit or tell them they can stand in front of me or something like that because, you know, if it's, like, a, it's like you know, somebody who's shorter or whatever, I'm, like, I'm six feet tall. I can probably see over a lot of people at the show, not 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 most people, but a lot of people at the show. Um, you know, so I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just overly courteous and I'm not enough of a dick. Um, but I don't know. I, I just, it's a pet peeve of mine. And look again, you know, and you know, when I first heard of the misfits, they were like requiring people to lock their phones up and they couldn't take phones. in. I was like, Oh, that's stupid. What if people want to take pictures? But I'm thinking to myself, like, actually, if they do that, when I'm going to see them in July, it's actually going to be kind of refreshing because I'll be able to enjoy the freaking show without somebody sticking their freaking phone in my face, trying to take a picture of whatever's happening on stage. I'll actually be able to enjoy the show for what it is. It's going to kind of like be like seeing a concert, you know, 30 or 20 or 15, 20 years ago before everybody and their brother decided they needed to Instagram every spare, every fart they let out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. And again, I'm probably being an old curmudgeon and people are probably the TikTok generation's probably like, Oh, you're just being stupid. Everybody records everything now and everybody yeah, posts this and again, but again, like, I don't know, maybe, don't maybe I'm ruin just happy it for other people. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like you want to, you want to Instagram the whole damn concert. Go for it, dude. But don't stick your phone in the face of the person next to you because you still want to watch the concert, but still want to record hey, the video. You know what? Like, if you want to record the video, I hate to break it to you, buddy. You can actually record a video, a better video when you're not in the front row. Oh yeah. It's going to sound better and you're going to get the whole stand stage. back there. Listen, numb nuts, stand and, and, back there and, and it's not even that. To. But again, like if you want to, if you want to watch the 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 freaking whole concert through your phone, stick it in front of your own face. Don't make everybody else have to watch it through your phone. You know what I mean? Yeah, I don't know. It man, was just I, real. It just really irritated me when that dude did that. Like I really and truthfully was like ready to like. I, if I was not a more civil person, I would have freaking like seriously pushed the dude and like started like I just I I hate rude people. Anyways, but you know. Anyways. That, that, well, that's, I, I do want to, by the way, we're about out of time. I do yeah. want to end on a, on a happy note, which by the and way, same thing. I yeah. knew, I knew about this story, what you're about to say. I knew about what happened. The bad thing that happened. I did not find out about the the resolution to it until literally right before filming or right before recording the night. And I really just a few minutes ago actually looked into the details. So yeah, uh, so I don't go on social media. So that's why I was ignorant to a lot of this. But it's a good it's a good story. So I do want to end on a good note. Yeah, this is the way to do it. Absolutely. And that's why I kind of wanted to end with this because it is a positive note. So um for those of you who don't know, and we talked about this, I want to say last episode. Uh I think it was last episode, where 
the Morbid Angel show near Chicago is somewhere in Illinois, and it was like one of the suburbs of Chicago, I think. Um, actually, the show was hit by a tornado, and the whole venue, like you know, the ceiling collapsed, uh, uh, somebody was killed. It was a tragic thing. It was it was awful, and that's that's not what we're saying. We're ending on a high note. <laughs> we're gonna end on a high note. Listen to this tragedy that happened. No, um, that's the background, but um. So the band Crypta, actually, their RV, and luckily, again, they weren't inside. And I and I can only, like, you know, for all the stuff that happened, you know, it, it's it's unfortunate that people were injured. It's unfortunate that people were killed. But, you know, you see some of the aftermath and you just think it could have been, you know, it, it could have been a, a way bigger tragedy. And it was already a big enough tragedy is what I'm trying to say. Um, but Crypta's RV, like their entire RV was was crushed like crushed they posted pictures of the thing and it literally looked like a house landed on it because kind of a building did um you know again they were not inside of it at the time they were in the basement preparing to go on stage but um so they you know had to quickly scramble and they re- had to re you know morbid angel and the, the you know they all rescheduled the next show and everything and they had to get a new rv so i guess they ran into problems throughout this process where they rented the RV. They're obviously from Brazil. They're not from the country. And supposedly they were having problems sorting it out with the sorting it out with the insurance company and the rental company and everything else because, you know, them not being citizens played a part in it. Um, you know, there, there are some, you know, there are other difficulties and they went into all the details. If you want the stories, go check out their Instagram, any member of the band's Instagram, uh, the, the official Instagram, you know, their Facebook posts or whatever. I think Metal Injection did, a, did an article about it. Gary Holt posted about it. A lot of the bands posted about it and they were in seriously financial dire straits. And, you know, for a long time, they didn't say anything after it happened. They were just like, OK, we, we got our we got a new vehicle and we're on the road. But, you know, Fernanda, the, the lead singer, posted and when she posted this, you could tell she was, you, I mean, you could see, hear it in her voice. You can hear it in her, you know, you could see it on her face that she didn't want to do it. She was kind of probably embarrassed and, and she was really, and truthfully, you could tell that she was like only doing this out of complete desperation. Um, she asked for fans to, to donate money and they were, I guess they needed $60,000 to replace the RV. And for a band like Crypta, that's like sixty thousand dollars. That that's probably sixty thousand dollars for a lot of the people listening to the show is probably a lot easier to come by than a band that's actively on tour. That's an opening band for a small death metal show. Um, you know, we always tell that joke about the uh, the the band member that got dropped off on the bus at the end of a tour with a check for thirty five dollars. Um, and he's one of, and he's a world class musician too. Yeah. By the way, and he's a world class well, musician for Dream Theater, like that level of. He's right. good. Right. So, I mean, like, you know, these these bands, you know, a lot of people are under the misconception that bands, these bands are making, you know, money hand over fist and, and, oh, you're in a band and you're touring and you have an album, so you're making tons of money. Like, no, it's not the case. A lot of these bands, and you know, I, I'll never forget, and I think it was either in the Cannibal Corpse documentary or it was a documentary on death metal. I think it was... I don't remember the band that they asked, but it was something like Dismember. It was one of those size bands. And they were literally like, if you're playing death metal, you're not doing it for money. And if you're trying to do it for money, you're in the wrong business. Um, you will not make money. Um, yes, there are bands like Cannibal Corpse who are like the, the you know, cream of the, cream of the crop, the top of the top, the best of the best who have been doing it for their, you know, entire careers who are making money and are making a living. Crypta, I guarantee, is not sitting there waiting to go back to their mansions um 
so they reached out to fans to make donations. A lot well, of people you know, posted. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I was going to say, th this is a weird thing to say, and I hope this doesn't come across as bad. I, 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 I want to I be delicate about saying this, but I'm just going to say it. There's something that you have to realize about a band the size of Crypta. Actually, no. I'll go one step further. Maybe I'm wrong about this. A band the size of Morbid Angel. Now, I'm, look, Morbid Angel got some good paydays back in the 90s, okay? I'm not saying they didn't. Yeah, I, I'm just going to say it. I am willing to bet you a lot of people listening to this show, you probably all make more money than the guys in Morbid Angel do. I don't know anything about Morbid Angel's finances. That's not what I'm getting at. I'm saying... As big as they are in the death metal world, they're, it costs a hell of a lot of money to tour. A hell of Especially a lot of money now. to tour. And they're not making the... the, the I mean, it, literally, the tour finances are terrible. I'm telling you right now, Morbid Angel profits when they go on tour, but it can't be all that much. I would be surprised... If a lot of people listening to the show don't go, like you think in your head, like, oh my God, these guys are richer than me. And then you realize it's like, I hate to break it to you. It's probably the other way around. It's probably the other way around. Yeah. And I, I know mean, that sounds like, that sounds weird to say it. I'm probably not all that wrong. No, again, I mean, there, there Trey, are things. Trey gets residual. For, I, I get it. Like, Trey. Yeah, there are yes. there are band members that have endorsements and things like that, but but st I'm just saying like your average band that's playing small clubs like that, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, they get off uh, the vast majority of them get off tour and go back to work, and oh, because yeah. of the tours they go on and because of the schedule and all that stuff, they're not going back to being an investment banker. Yeah. Look at how many of those guys. Uh, uh, look at how many of them. Uh, Pat O'Brien was a carpenter. Now, dude, 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 dude. Johan Hegg delivered bread for a long right. time. I'm not putting down being a carpenter. That's not what I mean. What I'm saying is, these guys. I'm willing to bet you they're not making mega salaries. Man. A carpenter is a job that you can walk away from for six months and go on tour. Which is why that style of blue collar labor work. Is what a lot of these guys do. All I'm saying is, man. I mean, lips from actually lips from Anvil on their documentaries. He he used to deliver food to like school lunches. I mean, yeah. he literally would say, "I'll disappear for four months, go on tour, come right back, and pick up my job right where I left off." And you know, and, you know, the and, guys in Cannibal Corpse now probably make enough money to not have to work other jobs. Like, I don't think Corpse Grinder has another job. I'm pretty sure when he's not on the road, he's, but he's also on the road like. 300 days a year he's on the road 300 days a year and i'm telling you man i highly doubt the guy is like swimming in money i mean he has enough money to buy his lego sets and, and everything no, else but no what i'm saying he lives a normal he, he lives, he lives a, normal, a normal life he lives a, that's what i'm saying like he's living a anybody normal life listening like, to the yeah. show anybody listening to the show who has a you know has a good job and a mortgage you you probably they probably are not any wealthier than you and in fact, you're probably wealthier than most of them. Oh yeah, especially the smaller tier bands, That's a band like Crypta. 
a band like yeah, Crypta, I mean, I mean, I don't know for a f- what I'm saying is. I mean, granted, think of it though, this I, way. For the next four weeks, the money they're making on tour gives them $15 a day to spend on food. The money you make at your job, you're probably. You're probably not spending stuck. $15 on lunch. And that, that's I all. I mean, depending I mean, on where you live. The quality of life is not. And, and I know I, I wanted to be delicate about saying this because I don't want to sound like a jerk. I just well, mean, you know, I know. And we think about it the other way. We think like, oh, my God, you're in. I, I, I'm just using Morbid Angel as an example, dude. I'm not saying they don't have more money. Maybe they do. Maybe they have a lot more. I just mean like I'm not saying they don't have a lot of money. I'm saying they probably don't make that much on tour. Probably yeah. don't. They probably they probably don't make. And they probably make less when they're on tour than most people listening to the show do at their normal job. And you have to remember, a lot of these bands, they pay to tour themselves. Like, that bus that they're in, they rent, like, Crypta, they they rented their own RV. It's not like the label front, fronted the money for that. Right, you know, they and they had to thing. front the money to fix it. Yeah, Crypta, and Crypta is literally touring in an RV. They are touring in a small camper. They're not touring in a massive bus with 15 bunks. They're sleeping in a camper. Like something you would take into the woods for a long weekend is what they are literally living in for multiple Plus weeks equipment. while they tour the country and driving around. And, you know, and even, even in with well, yeah, and with their equipment and stuff like that. And even Morbid Angel, they're, they're touring in a bus and stuff like that. But they paid for that bus. They're paying for and they're They have they have uh, uh, um, they have uh, uh, what's the word? staff, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. The crew, they have crew like they have techs and people who run their equipment and make sure everything sounds good so they're paying those people as well so it's not again morbid angel let's say and i'm i'm literally making up numbers here let's say morbid angel on a good night makes two thousand dollars and that may be a low figure i don't know again i have zero idea how much morbid angel makes on tour you have to look at that two grand you have to cut up well they needed gas to get there and gas to get to the next or they needed gas to get to the next town they need to pay the driver. They need to pay their crew. They need to potentially, you know, buy buy. Well, they have to certainly buy food, buy meals uh, for the band. They have to, if not the crew, they may tell the crew you're on your own for meals. But um, there's, you know, oops, my my tube amp blew up, and I need to buy more tubes, or I need to, you know, there's equipment problems. There's you know, again, there's problems that arise like uh, revocation, for instance, their transmission on their vehicle blew. They had to have that thing replaced. So that that was something on tour that came up that they didn't expect. So, you know, like there's there's things that happen on tour that so you can't. Yeah, so you can't. Um, yeah, that's a good joke. Um, so you, you can't expect you know these things and again they're not they're they're working on savings they're working on what they get paid and if you and once you dice all that up you really are getting a check for like 35 bucks 40 bucks a show and and so, think of it this way they're living and you out have to of split duff- that and you have to spend and whatever you have left is also getting split amongst four guys and, and think of it this way they're sleeping on a bunk and living out of a duffel bag yeah Corpse Grinder said, "I'm not putting it down. I'm saying no, that's the life. Absolutely not. No, Corpse Grinder said, like Corpse Grinder has said, 
when he goes on tour and he finds cool stuff at like on clearance at Target, he's like, yeah, I've thrown out T-shirts to fit more stuff in my suitcase. So again, it's not like he's just saying, oh, make room for my crap. No, he's got to throw out his own stuff to make room for the watch, stuff he buys. Watch Bus Invaders. Watch, watch yeah. that. Sh it's one of the coolest channels on YouTube. And it's because it's all about like seeing when they tour and it's like, mm. yeah, even the bands that are on regular tour buses, you're like. Yeah, but dude, you got twelve guys on that bus. You got and you're a eating bunk. macaroni and cheese. You know, and again, like you're I'm not saying they're Mac. not making. I'm not saying they don't net a good amount at the end. I'm saying, yeah. But but you're also talking. You know, when a band like Crypta, getting back to like the, the the story, a band like Crypta is also the fourth tier down. Yeah, like they're they're not morbid angels. So you could say, oh, well, that happened. Their bus got crushed. Well, they'll just have to take it out of the tour finances. And now they're going to break even. Bandlet Crypt is at the very bottom. You have to remember, morbid angel gets paid. Revocation gets paid. Vitriol gets paid. Then Crypta gets paid. Well, and, and, and Morbid Angel probably would have had insurance on it and blah, blah, blah. And, and they did have insurance, but you know how it is insurance, too. Mm -hmm. There's always loopholes. That, you know, there's different tiers of insurance. And oh, I yeah, guarantee they'll say, you, they'll say it was an act of God and probably screw them. Right, exactly. They're going to be like, well, it was an act of God. Not only that, but you didn't get the bonus insurance that was $1,000 more, and that would have been covered, but you, you got, like, the one you could afford. Right, you so didn't get the insurance that insured your insurance. Right, you didn't so get the insurance package that insured your insurance package, so... Unfortunately, now you're responsible. So, long story, you know. This and, I, is gonna, and, I, I, and by the way, I have not insured my package, which is something I need to get. I need to probably do. <laughs> insured for a million dollars. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a five million dollar insurance package on my package. And but long story short, they they put out a message. Package. They put out a message asking for sixty thousand dollars. And again, sixty thousand dollars is a. T I mean, it's a ton of money to anyone. I mean, sixty grand. I, if you were to tell me I owe somebody sixty grand, I'd probably go jump off a bridge because they're not seeing a dime of that money. <laughs> like, I mean, so and again, I have a steady job. Like, I have a, I, Monday morning, I'm going to work and getting paid. I'm not in a band that's touring, probably barely making ends meet, and you know, another tour after this. Like, they're not going home and going back to work on Monday. They have tours after this, and. Again, it's part of the life. It's what you do when you're in a band. This is, and a lot of bands talk about paying your dues. Crypta's paying their dues. You know, maybe in five, six years, Crypta will be in the Morbid Angel slot where they've got a nice bus. They're, you know, they're at the top of the bill, and maybe now they're not. They're they're an opening band. They've released one album. They've been around only a few years. You know, so. They put out a call. They're like, please donate. And again, it wasn't something they did. It was not something they said, oh, we're in a tough spot. Well, let's just ask the fans to bail us out. They really tried. And they, they said, because they kept silent about it for a long time. This happened a week ago. Um, they, they tried to figure out finances. They said, look, we're desperate. They put out a call. They said, we need to raise 60 grand. If we don't raise 60 grand, we're pretty much, they basically said, we're pretty much screwed. In 24 hours, it could have the ended metal their career, not just the tour. It, it could have ended their career. It could have basically been this is the end of the band because once you're yoked with that with 60 grand of debt, and they're from Brazil too, like Brazil is not a rich country. You know, I mean, I mean, there are people who are rich in Brazil, but you know, it's it. I mean, I don't know about Brazil. Maybe it maybe it is a lot like the United States. I don't know. From what I understand, they're not going back to Brazil and saying I'm going to go work at X place and make 60 grand. Um, 
you know, it could it could have crushed the band. Like it, if if not crushed the band, it could have basically made it impossible for them to do much for a very long time. Um, so I mean, basically, you know, it could have potentially been like, well, we have to tour the next year just to pay off that debt. You know, and, and at that point, it's like at that point, half of them are probably thinking to themselves, I could go get a job and pay it off faster, so I just won't tour. Um, and then, you know, once we were, we just said about Anvil, once you take that time off and once you drop, it's really hard to get traction again, especially when you've come so far to just let it go and drop and disappear. It, it could be detrimental. So anyways, 24 hours, the metal community came together, donated, and they raised the thing. And the thing is, after they hit the mark, they closed it. So again, this was not, you know, they, they didn't say, well, let's see how high we can do this. As soon as they hit the mark, you cannot donate right now. So if you go saying like, oh, I want to help them out. I'm going to go donate. You can't. Yeah, I, I was watching the, the totals. I was curious to see like how how fast I, I, I helped them out as best as I could. Um, and I was curious to see what the totals were. I was, you know, but 24 hours, they raised the money. So that, that's- I, 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 by the way, legitimately did not know there was a GoFundMe. Because I would have too, and I'm I'm not just saying this. Like I, I would have too. I also donated. They put up GoFundmes to some of the victims. I donated to those. The ones I saw, um, you know, there there was some the one who died. I donated his funeral costs and, and things like that. And and I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. I'm I'm simply saying like the the metal. I don't care. Whatever. If I do or don't, it's nobody's business. Um, the metal community came together. It's nobody's business who who does and who does not donate. I shouldn't said myself. If you can't afford it, no one's going to shame you. You know, if you if you simply don't agree with it, fine, that's your decision too. But you know, twenty four hours, you know, the metal community helped with the, you know through this entire tragedy. There was a lot of people looking to raise money for medical costs because people were injured, uh, funeral costs for the unfortunate person who was you know killed, and then you know tragedy things with the band where they got put in a very tough financial position just because of through no act of no fault of their own. Like, what can you say to them? You shouldn't have parked there. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> because they knew a tornado was going to, and it's unfortunate too, because there is a dark side. A lot of the people in the metal community were like, who, you know, why would anybody help them? They're, they're touring musicians and you know, why can't they just get jobs like everybody else and blah, blah, blah. No one said and you to, had to. to the, what? No one said you had to help. Them. Well, and that's and I literally replied back to the I, I mean, there were so many comments I couldn't. But the one the first one I saw, I literally replied back. I'm like, well, guess what? I have a job. And if I choose to help out a band that I enjoy their music and they got put in a tough spot, not because of anything they did. Like this is not we had a party last night and blew 60 grand on on blow. And if and if I don't get 60 grand that's by it? tomorrow, Tony's going to take my thumbs like this is not what happened. You know what I mean? Like this is we were parked where we should have been to play a show and a building fell on our vehicle, um, you know, during a tornado. They, you know, so so again, but it, it's a great to hear that, you know, the metal community, we they, they donated to the, the, the people who were hurt. They donated to one of the bands that was put in a tough spot. And again, you know, she Fernanda from the band posted another message. And literally you could you could like literally see in her eyes again, like how grateful and how it was just like a uh, moment where she just literally just said, thank you. Thank you. And then I think it's a Brazilian is Portuguese said, thank you a few more times in Portuguese. And that was the whole video. And truthfully and honestly, I don't know her. I'm not friends with her. I don't know her personally. I'm willing to bet that if she would have said any more, she would have teared up because oh, 
you know, you got to understand too. It's it, it it's it's not only is it a small death metal band, it's a small female death metal band, and you know, I'm I'm not going to sit here and be like, you know, oh women, you know, I'm not. That's not my point. I'm not trying to say that they should get special treatment or anything like that. I'm saying, you know, you're saying they, they, there's a good chance they had a. Yeah, they had it a little rough. Well, but that's the thing. Like, I, I guarantee that that there are. I mean, metal. Look, metal's always been a boys' club. Do we do do do, do the the cool like you know? You're right. I mean, some look. I'll be honest with you. Some people probably look at Crypta and they're like, "Oh yeah, look at them," and they don't even care about if they play music or not. You know, like, but. They are a very good and a very talented band. And if those were four dudes, I think that, you know, I'm I'm not going to say, well, they'd be bigger than they are. And it's all because that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying, like, I think that, you know, people expect more like. No, the problem is it's hard for me to say. It's hard for me to say without sounding either like I'm saying oh they're you know like the 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 whole stunning and brave thing or I'm I'm saying like oh they were at a disadvantage it's not what I'm saying I'm I'm trying to say no, like what I'm saying no no I'm mean, let's be I, fair. I think it's easier to dis I let me put it this way it if there if there was a band that sounded just like them that were dudes and a band and and them as they are I think that they the the all female band would be more likely to be dismissed by some metalheads out of hand than than well, four dudes. The problem is, I mean, the, here's the problem. I, I I think it's pretty easy, right? Like their their van their their RV was crushed because of a storm, right? The problem is, I think when most people see that that band's RV was destroyed, they probably just thought it was because of women drivers. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. Sorry, I had to. Come on. <laughs> it's like, of course you broke it. Women drivers. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. You, you, everyone thinks I'm wrong until you get in the car with one. Yeah, you know, watch them try to back in. Watch them try to back into a, sp- a parking spot. Then we'll talk. You know? <laughs> anyway. No, no. Let me, let, me, let, me say this. let me say this real quick. There's times I'm proud to be a heavy metal fan. This is one of them. And... Does anybody need to help them? No, but let's say this. You're we're, we're the fans are also investing in them too. And and yeah. here's what I mean. You're saying, "No, you know what? We want you See, that's the di- there's a difference though between, well, sucks to be them. They don't have to do this." And I agree. And I've said that you don't have to do this a million times. But here's the difference. They're literally saying to the fans, something bad happened and we can't do this. And if you're a fan and you say, you know what? I want you to be able to. I want Crypto to put a record out. I want them to go on tour. Hey, you wanted Corpse Grinder to be able to put out a solo record, so you bought into it. Yeah. You know what I mean? You didn't do it because you felt sorry for George. You did it because you wanted it, you wanted it to happen. Dude, like, I, I want f- crypto. I want crypto to do this tour. Why? Because I'm telling you right now, that could have ended their career. You know, I like crypto. It's and it's I don't no- just think because look, Fernanda's awesome. Clearly, I've never met her. I don't know her, but she's so clearly just like passionate. Yeah, it, passionate. I I always think she's full of joy, and I don't say that often. 
but she is. Yeah, she's like and she's, she's a dude, she's a lips. And she's and, one and of I, us. And when I say she's a lips, I'm not referring to no, physically. I, know, I, know. I mean no, like lips lips cudlow. <laughs> and she's one of us too. Dude, her King Diamond tattoo on her thigh is proof she's one of us. Yeah. She's and, she's 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 one of us and she's living her dream and 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 but yes, you feel bad for them, but it's also part of like you know, like Tom Araya said, you know, you see someone go down, you help them out. And and you're 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 not only helping out someone you're not only helping out one of us, but again, I don't know about you, man. Well, I know you I know your answer to this. But I think crypto kicks ass. I think um I you know what? One of the last things I'm gonna say today. I will go far out on a limb here and say I actually think Crypta is one of the most promising young bands out there. They really are. They're good. I They're think, really good. I, Nervosa I, is too, but they have lineup problems all the time. Yeah, you know, yeah. I gotta be. You know, Nervosa is in a weird spot, and I think. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you know, out of the two of the bands, I think. I don't know what's going over on over there with Nervosa. I I don't know. I'm not obviously privy to all the private stuff, but it's a revolving door over there, and it's just you know not that and crypt and dude crypto lost Sonia too. But the fun the thing is too, when crypto lost Sonia, it was literally because she was like, I appreciate and you know and Sonia only has positive things to say about crypto. She well, literally she, she, like she got to go do her own thing. Well, she 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 even said she she posted a, a big blog post. Sonia Anubis posted a big blog post about how her music career and how she got screwed essentially for not literally, but you know throughout her entire musical career, she was like every single band I was in took advantage of me. You know they they took advantage of the fact that I was young. They took advantage of the fact that I didn't know what I was doing. She said except Crypta. She said from the minute I entered that band, they were straight shooters. They were fair. They were kind. She said, I have not one bad thing to say about them. She did not leave that band because she wasn't happy with them. She left the band because she was like, musically, I'm going in a different direction. She wanted to start playing like arena rock glam metal. She's not going to get the chance to do that in Krypta. And she knew that. And Krypta knew that. So when they parted, it wasn't like a screw you. I want to go. You know, it was literally, hey, and she says all the time, she's like, when I joined Crypta, I was at a place in my life where I needed to write that type of music. She goes, I was, she, and, and it's actually a positive thing. She said she was so happy and had so much fun and such a positive experience with Crypta. She was able to let go of the stuff that drove her to write death metal and empower her or encourage her to go write, you know, stuff like Rat and, and Co well, Cobra well, spells the name of her band, but that type of music. Well, you know, and and hey, man, Sonia's one of us too. You know, she's one of us. I, I I mean, I say this all the time. Like, her at I don't know, it doesn't matter. Her at twenty is the female me at twenty. You know, I mean, really, like, <laughs> it's really uh, in in no, I mean, like, really, like, like the music she's into, like, it was, it was, I, I was the same way. So anyway, I don't, I, I, I just want to say, I guess. It sucks, and I, I'm, I, I the tragedy was horrible. I'm very damn proud of the metal community. Sometimes the metal community makes me mad. Sometimes I'm damn proud to be one, and now is one of those times I'm damn proud to be one. And 
I am I'm truly excited about about crypto's ability to bounce back from this. Um, I I really do. I think they're a promising young band. I think I think they're impressive. Um, all signs said that when they played Vakken last year, it was yeah, it was big. Like all signs point to they went over real well. And look, Vakken is a it's a metal show and. They're very, the crowd is very supportive of the bands. But yeah, all signs point to the fact that they, they really, they did well. Um, and they're young and they got a lot of promise. I mean, Echoes of the Soul was great. Um, anyway. It really is. Well, hey, and I can't, you know, you know it I really can't, is great. I'm, I'm going to go to their merch table and I'm going to go to Revocations merch table and I'm going to hold, I'm going to literally hand out my credit card and say, I'll take one of those, one of those, one of those, one of those, one of those. Um, Anvil, unfortunately, just didn't have a lot of merch that I either didn't have or that, like, you know, had, they just didn't have my size. They literally were, I was like, do you have any shirts? And they were like, we literally have nothing bigger than an extra large. And I'm like, well, that was going to look like a child shirt on me. So forget it. I was like, I guess I could wear it on my arm. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I guess like, I could like turn it into a hanky or something. But, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, but that's, you know, again, I wanted to, and, and look, well, I mean, what else? <laughs> but you, you seem like the kind of guy that carries a hanky. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm also the guy that carries a loincloth, but that's okay. <laughs> well, it's funny because, uh, I, um, <laughs> you, you, did Michelangelo Badio have to bring a loincloth to his, to his, um, Audition for for Manowar. I just want to know. No, they, they they he did not have to bring one. It was provided. <laughs> oh, right, right. I mean, it probably was. <laughs> no, it's funny because uh, a funny story about you. I, I remember that when I got my tattoo. You know, when I when I last time I got a tattoo, you put triple antibiotic ointment on it. Like that was what all the artists told. Oh, triple antibiotic ointment, whatever. Now the big thing a lot of artists say is use Aquaphor. Yeah, that's and, what I'm like, yeah, pretty much everyone uses Aquaphor now. Yeah, Aquaphor now is like the big one. So I started laughing because I was talking, I was thinking about you used to use this super cheap aftershave called Aquavelva. So and I still I, do. No, and you're you're like you're like, dude, you used to use this super cheap stuff called Aquavelva. I'm like, do you want I literally have it in my I literally like, have it in my bathroom. It's I, like seven dollars a gallon. Dude, yeah, but no, 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 no. No, you got to go one step further. You got to go one step further. Do you want to make it real bad? You know, see, you you making fun of me. Well, not making fun. You pointing out that I use Aqua Velva aftershave. That's not. That's really not it. The fact that I use Barbasol shaving cream. <laughs> it's like ninety nine cents a can. <laughs> and you know what? We are not paid to say this. That stuff might be ninety nine cents a can, and your grandfather probably used it. But damn it, find something better because <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> it works. Oh. You know, it's, it's it's literally it's awesome. And Aqua Velva too is like, dude, this is awesome. It's good stuff. The only thing about Aqua Velva is it used to come in that glass bottle. Now it's plastic, and that kind of sucks. <laughs> it but. makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, dude, I swear to God, I will I will take a picture of it and post it on our Instagram well, that I, I I straight up do. The reason why that made me laugh is because now I don't call it Aquaphor. I call it Aqua Velva. Like, I just, I don't know That's why. Funny. Actually, just... I remember, fun note that we got to go. When you got your first tattoo, after, I don't even know if you remember this. After you got your first tattoo, you you were not told to get AAA ointment. You were told to get bacitracin, which is just one of the things. Yeah, that was the other one, yeah. Yeah. 
and, and by the way, like I, if you're at your doctor's office, they probably have bacitracin in the, you know, in the um in the drawer in the office. It's pretty common. I just remember you bought a tube of bacitracin ointment from the, um, from whatever drugstore it was, whatever pharmacy it was. At the Liberty Plaza, I don't remember, Rite A, one of those, it doesn't matter. And I'll never forget that you bought a tube of bacitracin ointment, and you got to my house, and you opened it up, and it was an empty tube. <laughs> I do remember that. No, I don't mean it was like <laughs> someone squeezed it all out, like literally the tube never had any in it. And you brought it back, and you're like, this never had any, and they look confused, and they're like, well, like. I guess you couldn't have actually gotten the tube back to its original form, so I guess we'll give you another one. I was like, "How the dude?" To this day, every time I see Bassett ointment, I'm like, "I wonder if there's anything in the tube because that's funny." Um, stupid little things that happen. Um, that is funny. But anyways, uh, I can't wait. Tuesday, Morbid Angel sold Revocation it. It was probably worth a lot of money. What's that? Said so you should have sold it. It was probably worth a lot of money. Yeah, I'm sure. Um, no, so I'm excited. Tuesday, Revocation. By the time you're listening to this, I'll be 24 hours away from seeing Revocation, Crypta, and Morbid Angel in New York City. One of our listeners reached out and said they're going to the same show, so they'd like to get a beer. Hopefully, I'll get to meet up with them. Um, if you're going to that show, look for a battle vest with a giant anthrax back patch with Judge Death on it. Um, I'm sure I'll probably be the only one with that exact back patch, but if not, you probably got at least a 50-50 shot that it's me. Say hi. I do have a heavy metal hangover patch on my vest as well. It's right up, right on the front. So right on the front near the top. So you know I'm pretty easy to identify. So, and not only that, but we've we've listed we've lifted the face embargo. I guess you know one way or another, you know on our Instagram. So yeah, um, I, I was like, dude, I'm gonna when I go to Vakin, I'm not gonna like crop my face out of every photo I I post, and so that's why I put the the big bottom video up. And you're like, yeah, you put it up too. Like yeah, you, I, I, I met lips, lips and I met I met Rob Reiner and I'm like, you know what? I'm not I'm not gonna like take my face. What's the point of posting the picture if you're gonna take your face off it? So I'm not saying that I'm gonna stop wearing masks during my cover songs because it's just too much fun that way. But uh, you know, I I think we're gonna maybe we'll be a little bit more liberal now that we're a little bit more comfortable and I think we have a little bit better control over the show now. So agreed. All right. Well, hey, um, I'm about ready to get out of here. I got a. Uh, I got a PS5 that I want to, uh, I want to go, you know, <laughs> tinker with, and I gotta, I gotta get Hogwarts Legacy started, man. I can't. That I'm and, sure it's a PS5 that you're gonna go tinker with. Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, dude, <laughs> come on. I did that. I did that when when you were talking earlier. I snuck <laughs> off to the other room, took care of it. The other I, room. You wouldn't show that. <laughs> oh, I meant I, there is one more thing, and I promise it'll be quick. Um, Don Jameson actually. I was going to say, yeah, we kept forgetting to mention that. Yeah, Don Jameson actually came on before Anvil. Uh, he did stand-up comedy about heavy, you know, rock and heavy metal stand-up comedy. He was hilarious. If you ever get a chance to go to a show where he is, he's funny. And um, I actually interacted with him a little bit while he was on stage. Like, he was, you know, he's encouraging people, not not to heckle, but to, like, obviously, like, you know, pe- you know join in the show or whatever. And there's two jokes I want to say, and it may be funny, because he was like, dude, he goes, lips is unit. He goes, Lips' unit is as long as a Dream Theater song. And I was like, only in this crowd could use a Dream Theater song as a unit of measurement, and it gets a laugh. (laughs) Everybody else would be like, what are you talking about? Again, Don Jameson's the... Remember, okay, Don Jameson is the dude that used to be on that metal show with Eddie Trunk, and he's the one with the sideburns. Jim Florentine's the other guy. 
Um, and both of them, Eddie Trunk is Eddie Trunk, but both of those guys are cool. Yeah. Don Jameson is especially a cool dude. Anyway, continue. And the other joke was he was like, he was like, you know, and I don't know, I, I think I can get away Just with saying say this, but cares. he was like, you know, he, he's like, I've, I've done a whole bunch of tours and one day it occurred to me that I am the cheapest comedian that, you know, and that's why I get to do all these tours. It's just because I'm affordable. He goes, I will play your backyard barbecue for a hand job and a six pack. And I immediately yelled out, what are you doing Saturday? <laughs> so, and he, he laughed and he looks at me and he goes, you got cash? He actually pointed at my vest too. And he goes, I like your vest, man. My battle vest. So that was funny. That was cool. Um, The other funny joke he said was he goes, he goes, man, he was talking about like, you know, we don't care if people are gay or straight. Like, look at Rob Halford. Look at uh, Freddie Mercury. And he he worked and I'm setting up one of his jokes. He goes, you know, like I remember getting the Queen album and Freddie Mercury. He goes inside was a poster of a whole bunch of naked chicks on bicycles. He's like, and I immediately thought of this as a joke you would tell. He's like, you know, I, I, he's like, man, I'll tell you what, that poster hung on my wall for years. No tape. <laughs> he goes, they had to bring in a demolition crew to get that off my wall as a that's teenager. Awesome. And yeah, then, dude, like I said, man, that's why when you said Don, uh, Don well, was doing it, it's like, oh my God, he's awesome. And then, oh, and then he finished, he finished the joke by saying, but there was one album. He goes, man, as soon as I brought that album home, he goes, every single day, man, after school, I would just go off to, uh, go off to that album. And you know what that album was? Look what the cat drank. <laughs> That's awesome. And then he was like, and then I found out they were dudes, so it was only every other day. <laughs> yeah. So he was, yeah. he, Doesn't surprise me. He's cool. He was a good, he was a good, I'm glad he, <clears throat> he was, he was an, I knew he was going to do stuff. I didn't know if he was just going to MC it or actually do a, do a routine. So I'm really glad he did a routine because it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure, man. And like I said, he's one of us too, man. He's a, yep. Uh, him and, and Jim Florentine too. They're, you know, Jim Florentine's definitely like uh, the best way I can describe his musical taste is dude. He's like, a, he's a motorhead guy. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, Don too. Uh, so anyway, yeah, dude, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I, I gotta tell you, I'm equally jealous that you saw Don as I am Anvil because I, 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 big fan of both. Um, well, anyway, hey, um, it, we're 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 getting long here. Um, <laughs> as long as the Dream Theater's on. No, come on, <laughs> Dream Theater would still be playing. <laughs> Patricia yeah. would still be soloing. Um, <clears throat> Dream, Dream Theater me. just to finish the intro. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So anyway. It's been a lot of fun. Hey, you know, hook us up on our social media, uh, Instagram and uh, Facebook at the Heavy Metal Hangover. Just let us know what's going on. We love hearing from you. Uh, again, if you're going to see one of the shows Jay's at, you're going to Vakken, let me know any of that sort of thing. We just, you know, we, we like we like chatting with you, albeit if we're slow to respond, because I pretty much never use social media other than you know just regular Facebook Messenger, my own personal Facebook Messenger. I really stay off of there. And uh, so if it takes us a little while to get back, realize it's just because we didn't see it. Um, but we will. So, hey, uh, it's been a lot of fun. Glad that we could glad that we could hang out with you again. Um, we'll probably be here. Well, we'll definitely be here next week, week after. Yeah, we'll see. Because then if we miss a couple episodes here over the next few months, realize not on purpose, but sometimes uh, we got a lot going on the next few months. So we'll see what happens. Anyway, thank you very much for listening. It's been a lot of fun. My name is Duff. My name is Rex, and we'll see you again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover with your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Duff. <laughs>